Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. <laughs> Episode 135. Your once-weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm Red. Welcome to the show. This uh, ever-so-eventful show. Nothing else going on in the world. Not at all. Just uh, two guys opening beers and talking tech. That's that's all. That's all that's going to happen, I swear. Uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> If you've never seen the show before, this is our Once Weekly Live show. We do open beer on the show and consume it. However, we do keep the content friendly in both language and in content. Uh, and uh, we usually start with about 20 minutes of beer news, about an hour's worth of tech news, and then we wrap up with games, pop culture, entertainment, or whatever we want to talk about. Uh, if you donate a super chat, we will read those all on the air, assuming they're appropriate for all ages. Uh... And if you're drinking along with us, whether alcoholic or not, give us some early show shout outs in the chat and uh, we'll say them out loud. How's it going, Rhett? It's going good. Life's crazy, but, uh, you know, we're healthy and uh, happy and safe over here. So, you know, you can't ask for much more than that sometimes. Yeah. Last full of whiskey. I mean, extra full, if you can look at that bad boy. Yeah, I know. That's finger and a half at least <laughs> i've had a long work week so uh yeah what kind of whiskey are you drinking um i <laughs> i can't uh -oh. say uh oh i can't say no i just got some jim beam here so okay my sweet sweet jim beam glass that's okay see. yeah you got a holiday pack look at that yeah yeah i did actually so <laughs> uh right before right before lockdown here in oregon i managed to get some Jim Beam with these sweet glasses. Nice. It's not the same Jim Beam. I, I ran yeah. out a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do have a uh, a really sweet Jack Daniels square rocks glass, kind of similar to that. Yeah, they're nice, right? Yeah. But uh, other than that, how have you been? It's been oh. uh, a, a minute since we've talked. Yeah, it's been a little bit. Um, it's... You would think that... Uh, Everybody in craft computing is just like joined at the hip, but uh, as life gets crazier, that's just not the case. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah I mean, you went off and had a kid. Yeah. What, uh, was, I, what was I thinking? No. <laughs> yeah. No, I, th I think I've seen you in the flesh once since quarantine started. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, boy, it's it's been uh, it's been an interesting month since uh, we we really talked last. I mean, we catch each other online every once in a while but yeah uh this is the longest we talk <laughs> yeah so. no it really is but um, uh no, it's always a blast getting to catch up but uh yeah so but you guys are are still healthy i hope and yeah we're we're doing well uh we did have uh one weekend i think two weeks ago where uh my my youngest daughter bit uh she uh came down with a fever for like five days and it would Ooh. like go like a, to 101 and then it would drop for an hour and then it's like spike back up and then go back down. Oh, and wow. and none of us were like feeling well. And uh, we're like, okay, we need to like not go anywhere uh, for a yeah. while. And and it was it was four or five days where, where she had a fever and, and whatnot. And we just caught some little bug. I mean, it certainly wasn't wasn't the corona. Um, yeah. If I if I were to catch corona, I would have got it from bite my bits in Vegas. <laughs> um, but uh yeah um other than that we've been doing pretty well i mean it's been uh it's been a hectic hectic week you can probably tell i sound a little bit ragged yeah uh, <laughs> but, i mean to put it nicely right 
<laughs> Everyone's going, is that a new mic? No, I'm just tired. <laughs> That's all this is right now. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I, I started early. Uh, I, I popped a beer about half hour ago or so. So I'm drinking a Old Bust Head uh, Wildcat IPA. Uh, it's it's an okay IPA. It's a 6.2%. Nice. Um, I think this is from Virginia, if I want to say right. I remember correctly. Yeah, it looks like good. Yeah. Say so it's a it's an awesome label. I mean, I love the uh Yeah, yeah. The the old dude on there. That's dope. So. Yeah, I got some beers too. I got my cooler next to me here. So, uh, nothing fancy. Um, you know, beer money is tight this deep into quarantine. So, uh <laughs> They got that uh, that new Hop Valley uh, red can. It's a light lager. It's been on sale everywhere I go. You get like an 18 rack for 10 bucks or something. Yeah, so yeah. I'm rolling deep in the red can. Yep. But it's good. It tastes great. Oh, good. Let's see here. John probably. Actually, I don't know if it was out when John was going on his light beer quest or not. Uh, it's only been since March. I mean, March wasn't that long ago. It really wasn't, but it seems like a... Dude, oh my God. I mean, we yeah. probably, I'm sure, like, you know, we've talked about this a hundred times already, but it's like longest year on record. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's yeah. June 3rd. It is yeah. June 3rd, man. I mean, remember at the start of the year, Australia's on fire, you know, Iranian generals are getting assassinated. Mm-hmm. That, that feels like years ago. Yeah. And here Everything are, was man. so calm back then. <laughs> yeah, man. We're going to get to be like grandparent age and everyone's going to be like, how do you guys have so much mental endurance? <laughs> be like, yeah. Well, because we entered into uh, the place where the tachyon particles were unstable. And time was not uh, consistent with normal <sighs> standards. We seem to be lurching forward in time. <laughs> You're that bubblegum Tate? Well, I sure ain't his grandma. <laughs> oh, my hands uh, are clean. Don't judge me for touching my face. Anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway let's read a couple of uh, early show shout outs here. Uh, Novella Hub Oops. drinking a Mickler Brewing uh, Beer Geek Vanilla Shake Imperial Stout, 11%. Uh, Scott's got a gin and tonic. Uh, Anthroplexus says, happy Wednesday, gents. Pure West, an unfiltered West Coast IPA from Pure Project in San Diego. I've not heard of them. Um, but uh, I do like an unfiltered IPA. I've, I've actually got a, uh, I've got a Sticky Hands in my fridge right now from uh, Block 15. And I, I had another un- unfiltered IPA over the weekend. I don't remember what it was. But, um, nice. uh, Confluence Brewing, Mango Dodger, uh, Rye Barrel Aged uh, Double IPA from Skull. Um, I've, I've had that one. I believe Skull actually sent that one out to me at one point, but, uh, no, I've, I've had that one. It is, uh, definitely solid. Uh, Rogaroo, Rougerou, uh, drinking H2O with a drizzle of chemicals. Uh, big, big spoon, gigantic, massive 2019, 14%. He's, uh, he's out doing me. He's tonight. going for it. Uh, let's see. Uh, I love animes drinking a coffee. Uh, mm. Killed Eyes drinking uh, Maker's Mark. Very nice. Classy. Uh, that's the that's the whiskey of gentlemen. That's that... cheers to you, sir. That's right. Uh, had some Aldi beer and it doesn't suck. 
whatever gets the job done. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, I'll never, I'll never judge anybody for the beer they drink. <laughs> right. Well, sometimes. Yeah, it depends. Uh, Hops has got a pseudo sue. Excellent. From uh, is that Toppling Goliath, right? Oh. Yeah. Dude, those are really good. They are really good. Yep. All right. Uh, let's get into some news. Let's let's, let's do start it. talking it since we skipped the beer openings. <laughs> uh first sorry. it can't be a first can it uh not often do i do i <laughs> jump the gun and, and come with a bottle open already i would have done the same thing but i thought now nah, i gotta save my beers for cracking open but nah i'm, drink, <laughs> I'm gonna drink my whiskey now so yeah. all oh. right uh how would you like to uh hike the appalachian trail get paid twenty thousand dollars in free beer to do it and free beer to do it not twenty thousand yeah. in free beer yeah, I'd do it. I mean, I think you're on board for either situation, but yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. twenty thousand dollars worth of beer or twenty thousand dollars and free beer. Sweet. Um, well, uh, who is that? Uh, Devil's Backbone and uh, Cho. Who is that? Uh, no, is yeah, that Devil's the, Backbone that's the Brewing. Beer, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. De- Devil's Backbone Brewing um, is offering basically a summer job next year where they will uh, hire you as their chief hiking officer for a salary of $20,000 where you will spend five to seven months hiking the Appalachian Trail and drinking beer. Uh, And if you're wondering, they are taking applications now. Nice. Uh, You'll be hiking the trail between May and September 2021, and uh, you'll be provided uh, equipment as well as traded to some, quote, big old beer parties along the way, end quote. Um, Quite honestly, getting out into the middle of the forest right now, hiking around and just drinking some beer sounds phenomenal. Right? (laughs) I I don't know if there's anything else I would rather do right now. Yeah, same here. Doesn't sound like a bad gig. Yeah. Uh, so if you are interested, they are accepting applications right now. Uh, you can... Uh, uh, obviously, they want someone who is a blogger, vlogger, uh, video savvy, that kind of thing. Um, you know, they, they want a good personality. They want to follow this person along the trail and see what they do and what they talk about. And, John, and it sounds like you were made for this job. <laughs> right? Come on, Hops. <laughs> the only problem is it's in Virginia. <laughs> He's good. He ain't tied down. Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of am. <laughs> you know, the whole mortgage and family of four. <laughs> Not you. I said John. Oh, John. Yeah, John, get on this. Yeah. He's only got a family of three. Screw exactly. that. His kids are still young. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see, grow up, they won't remember who's dad, move on with their life, you know? Yep. <laughs> but you'll come back with 20K, baby. That's right. That's right. Kind of hard to spend 20K when you're on the Appalachian Trail as well, so. Yeah, I imagine that's probably true. Yeah. Although so you think about it, you think about how much the average, like, you know, I, I read about this a lot, like how much does it cost to hike the Pacific Crest Trail here on the West Coast? Mm-hmm. And a buddy of mine did it, and I'm pretty sure, you know, 
obviously not counting bills or anything in real life because I think he kind of dropped everything. I think he spent about uh, five to seven thousand dollars total for gear, mm-hmm. for food, for you know, occasionally he would splurge on the hotel. Like when he got into Ashland, he stayed in a hotel just to get in and take a shower yeah. and and charge your phone up and all that type of stuff, um, which isn't, you know, uncommon or breaking the rules or anything, but still 7,000 bucks, you know? Um, so you got to imagine, I mean, unless you got the gear already to hike the Appalachian Trail that you might be dipping into your adventuring fund a little bit. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I told you. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. You're good. Uh, You're good. We can go on to the next story, though. Yeah. Uh, so. So uh, Firestone Walker uh, makes it official. They are exiting the majority of New England. Uh, they've they've been kind of on this trail for a little while because of uh, lagging beer sales. Uh, they had mm. already moved out of the the northernmost port of. Uh, portions of New England with uh, Maine, Vermont, and Rhode Island. And uh, now they are pulling out uh, from some more New England states. Uh, pulling out of... Oh, where are they at? Um, yeah, I think it's... New says Hampshire, it right at the top. Connecticut, and Massachusetts. Yeah. So they'll still be in New York, but that's about it. New York, Pennsylvania, done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, so and it just they're, sounds they're also like laying you know, off everything... uh, nine people from their admin team. So yeah, and it just sounds like with everything that's going on, you know, they're struggling to sell beer before it goes bad. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. uh, you know, their whole kind of infrastructure is taking a big hit. So, um, you know, not necessarily. I mean, it is a sad thing, but you know, bad times come and go. So hopefully they'll bounce back. You know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. I, I hate to see a brewery go. They're not exactly yeah. my favorite, but they brew some good stuff. Right. Um, I I love their specialty stuff. Yeah. Uh, I've I have I have a couple Firestone Walkers yeah. in in the the fridge right now. Uh, Novella Hub says Jeff needs an energy drink. Actually, one of my Firestone Walkers is one of their uh, their 2019 Select Special Reserves. It's uh, and it's one of their coffee ones. So dang, sounds good. I could uh, I could break that out. It's like a vanilla, vanilla toffee and uh, and coffee, if I remember correctly. That sounds delish, right? <laughs> and in fact, I'm looking down at the beer I have in front of me, going, <laughs> "How dare you?" Well, uh, maybe maybe when you're uh, finished with that one. Uh, Philly or Phil? Uh, excuse me, <laughs> my bad. Good morning from Sweden. Uh, good night from Oregon. <laughs> Gutenacht. Uh, right? That's not Swedish. I know. So, yeah, that that's German. I know. Yeah. My last name is Weisenfels. You know? Yeah. Just yeah. keeping it in keeping it in the house, you know? Keeping it in the family. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. So yeah, unfortunately Firestone Walker uh scaling down a little bit. And uh this actually started well before the uh the the start of the year, so it's not like yeah. Anything new, any new development. Right. I'm but, sure it just uh, kind of kind of was, you know, like, all right, this is happening. Maybe we should do this before it's too late. Right. So exactly. So what else so, we got? So we got one more beer story for you guys. Um surprise, surprise. Um 
not a gimmick so much as like this current state of economics, I guess. But <laughs> make uh, beer with what you can. <laughs> yeah. Which I approve of, you know, that's like yes. the American spirit right there. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Bush is making beer from corn because yeah. corn is what's available because it's all that's left <laughs> and it needs to be bought and used so yeah um yeah it's uh, not only what's available right now but it's available in plenty because well they're not exactly making ethanol with it right now because no one's driving right um so yeah, the the sale of corn and corn subsidies for for fuel have gone out the window. I mean, there it's just there's a reason gas is less than two dollars in Oregon already, and and I've seen it as low as uh one sixty nine or something yep, like that yep. in in uh, parts around town. Um, but uh, I've seen signs in Texas for like eighty nine cents. Yeah. Uh, so gas doesn't do that unless there's no demand for it, and right now there's no demand for it. People aren't wow. driving. And then you got to remember, too, right before people stop driving, um, the you know, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, Lord. Uh, Saudi Arabia pumped all that oil right into the market to sort of mm -hmm. screw with prices and manipulate prices. And right. so we got this huge influx of supply right as demand dropped. <laughs> right. uh, and this is kind of cool, you know, so... Um, you know, I guess Anheuser-Busch, I don't know if they run this nonprofit or if they're just involved with it, but Farm Rescue. Yeah, uh, Farm Rescue. Uh, I believe it's a it's a nonprofit. I don't think it's affiliated with Anheuser-Busch, if, gotcha. uh, if I did my reading properly. But uh, um, they are an organization they've worked with before. Uh, gotcha. They did work with them back in 2019 on a couple on a couple select projects. But uh, basically what Farm Rescue is, it's, it's a nonprofit organization uh, uh, founded in 2005 that uh, goes around during times of, of blight or whatever else and helps farmers out, helps farmers sell their crop and, yeah. and, uh, and you know, make it through the year kind of thing. Because, um, you know, if uh, it only takes one bad season for a farm to go under. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's you know, you're living on the razor's edge constantly. Oh, yeah. And this is one organization that helps them stay open, helps them stay afloat. Yeah. Uh, would you drink it? Uh, probably not. Just because it's bush light? Just because it's bush light. Uh. Um, I, I can't stand the majority of domestics, and I'm not trying to come off as, you know, haughty or, you know, holier than thou or better than you or anything like that or hipstery. It's amazing I just that it just flat out so don't like them. No, right, I know. <laughs> um, uh, no, uh, actually a big reason why I don't like domestics is in high school, I worked in uh, grocery. And I worked in grocery for a number of years. And, the bottle returns, uh, right? The the bottle returns. So yeah. in Oregon, there's a bottle deposit. So uh, at the time, it was five cents. Now it's ten cents. So every carbonated beverage that you buy, you pay a five cent deposit on. Uh, and then when you bring the cans back and, to the store and they crush them at the store, you get five cents back. And so if you buy a twelve pack, you pay sixty cents, and then you get sixty cents back when you return them. Um, the problem is they have these automated machines in Oregon. Uh, where people just stick their empty, you know, stick their empties, whether it's glass or plastic or cans or whatever. Yeah. And uh, those machines need cleaned because there's often like half full beers that go into there. And so think of a room dedicated in a Whoa. grocery store that 
has nothing but like six month old stale domestic beer smell yeah. that you cannot wash off your hands. And so I spent years smelling that smell. Yeah. Um, I, and I just, I hate it. I, I, I can't get over it. <laughs> I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> and Bushlight's probably the worst offender. <laughs> right. Well, unless you want to hit that story a little bit more, I think that takes us out of beer news, everybody. I, we did it. I, 8, 22, 20 minutes on the dot. Boom. We are professionals. Thank you so much for watching Talking Heads, episode 135. <laughs> we'll uh, catch you next week. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I think I'm kidding. Oh, did we lose Rhett? Oh, no, great. did you? We lost Rhett. No. Uh, you, you're frozen in a very awkward position. Dang it, I am. Wow. Curses. Wow, look at that. That's a great image. This happened last time. I, I'm going to have did. to fix this. Yep. You're going to have to borrow one of my webcams is what you're going to have to do. Uh, maybe. Maybe yeah. I will have to. I think I just got to like take apart my camera and like resolder the connections to like try and fix it. Yeah. Because it's the same camera that uh, that you got. Oh, yeah. But uh, and it works great up until I broke it. So I think I just got to yeah. do some resoldering, but I just don't have the time. So. Yep. Who does? Anyway. Yeah. Just let me know anytime that freezes and I will quickly and <laughs> efficiently take care of that. Yep. So uh, we want to hit these in order. I know we didn't really like bet a lot of these very well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my, I just kind of threw up. We'll, we'll kind of do them in order. It Hold seemed on, like a thin news week to me. So some of these are kind of, you know. Yeah, it's a little bit of a thin news week. Um, kind of a week of. For tech uh, news. Thin yeah, tech for news tech week. news. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it was a thin news week. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, Could you imagine? Um, I was just walking right into that one. <laughs> yeah. Nothing at all happened of note this week. Um, no, it was a week of, I'll, I'll say, probably historic highs and historic lows for for the U.S. I mean, uh, you know, we all watched on, uh, what was that, Saturday, uh, SpaceX launching. Oh, and, incredible. Uh, yeah. Inspiring. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I've watched a number of of the Falcon Falcon Nine and Falcon Heavy launches and, and yeah. whatnot, and and uh, it, it's always a good time because I, you know, when when I was a kid growing up, I was a space junkie. I, yeah. I read everything I could possibly read about the shuttle program and and space exploration and research and things like that. Um, and then uh, seeing an active space program again is uh, is kind of like reinvigorating for me. Yeah, but uh, yeah. but yeah, um, so we we saw. Uh, you know, one of NASA's historic pads all of a sudden live again with astronauts in tow and, uh, or rather at the helm. Yeah. And uh, launched up, docked with the ISS on Sunday. Um, really, really cool, cool display. Um, yeah. And then we... I mean, and you know what's cool with that? Look, I know we haven't opened that story, but let's just hit it. Yeah. What's really cool about it as well is that, um, you know, we saw sort of like the Dragon Capsule's ability to mm -hmm. auto-dock before. Yeah. Um, but this is the first time they did it with people in it, which is like, I don't know, it's just cool. You know, it's like we knew that it could do it. But, yeah. you know, to just um, like 
solidified. What's really it, funny it could... is they manually docked this time just to prove that it could be manually docked. Did they manually? Because I read it was yeah. auto docked. No. Oh, my bad. No, the uh, the the last fifty feet or something like that was completely manual. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's my bad. Uh, I miss I miss uh, because they haven't had an opportunity to fly it manually before. It's all been automatic, and so oh. they went. Well, we need to prove that it works. So let's. Uh... Oh right, because yeah, there's never been anybody inside. Yeah, yeah, and and even the I know some of the earlier like auto docking would get it really close, and then they'd like catch it with the the arm of the space station and like bring it in and stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it's it's interesting, and it's going to change kind of a lot of stuff with our space program, just because like we've been spending like I don't know, like almost a hundred million dollars or something, maybe less, uh, to get seats on the Soyuz uh, rockets mm-hmm. that the Russians launch, and yeah. so you send up one or two astronauts, and you're looking at like 150 to 200 million dollars, whatever it is. Um, and it's kind of unfortunate because it's like a pretty symbiotic relationship. And I guess like the relationship between like the Russian um, space program and NASA is like developed like really well over the last nine years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the Russian space program is already kind of like in decline because of, you know, this big recession that, that I guess Russia's in. And yep. now they're not going to be raking in that money every launch. But uh, it sounds like they're going to be able to come up with a good compromise of switching off, you know, allowing um yeah. different astronauts up on their rockets and stuff like that kind of a a general uh reciprocity type of agreement which is it's neat i just like seeing that level of cooperation even though there is a lot of tension you know between us on the kind of the world right. stage yeah i mean is, isn't that who it is or how it is with uh just about every country though you're you're hostile with them if you need something but uh you're gracious with you if you both need something mm-hmm. so and that's yeah. kind of the way it goes with space travel for some reason space travel always brings us together yeah why not it's super cool and it's super inspiring and it's like the one time that like you know you get up into space and it's not like you have like you know your boss watching over you i mean they are on cameras and live feeds and all that type of stuff but yeah. uh, vital monitors and all that but it's like you just you're up there with only these other people to count on and depend on. And it's like a whole other like level of like, you know, unnationality, I guess. I mean, every single astronaut has said it, you get up there and they're like, Oh yeah, there's no lines, no lines right. on the map, you know? <laughs> right. Um, which is just super inspiring. And it's something that I don't think any of us will truly appreciate until we get to, you know, see it for ourselves. So. Yep. I agree. Anyway, congratulations, SpaceX yeah. and NASA. Super cool. Yep. Uh, Kildai says, uh, Bob and Doug picked a very good time to vacate the planet. Yeah, I know. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I was like, they're just, they're just like, peace. We're out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, uh, does SpaceX do it cheaper? I believe they do it significantly cheaper because they reuse the majority of their parts. Yeah. That's the whole thing with SpaceX. Uh, in fact, uh, SpaceX or yeah, I guess SpaceX uh, also launched uh, a set of satellites into orbit today. Yeah. And uh, uh, so Starlink has another 60 satellites in orbit now. Uh, I watched that live literally about 20 minutes before uh, uh, before the show started. Yeah. And uh, Have you um, seen them overhead yet? Because even before these new uh, this new salvo, you could see them go over. It was really interesting. Oh, yeah, because they're all just all in a line. Yeah, yeah. basically, yeah. Yeah. 
So it was pretty interesting. I would track when, you know, I would kind of track it like you would any other sort of like, you know, celestial event. You go outside and look yeah. up and you wait for it to happen. You're like, oh, there's a comet. There's the North Star. Hey, look, yeah. Starlink. A lot of people are start, like they go out and look at it and they're like, oh, man, when there's all of these things out there, are we is stargazing ever going to be the same? Which is kind of a sad like reality to sort of like consider. But I am willing to sacrifice that for. Plus, I don't whatever, think it'll be as whatever bad undoes the uh, cable company monopolies in the U.S. I'm all for. Right, exactly. <laughs> no, that's I was like, thinking the exact same thing. I was like, we got to sacrifice for the greater good. <laughs> Plus, it's not like you know, it's not like the majority of like groundbreaking astronomy is done from the ground anymore. I mean, there has been some. Which right. is impressive, but still. Yeah, we still have the Arizona telescopes and the yeah. Hawaii and, and all that jazz. But yeah. But uh yeah, pretty cool. I'm excited for Starlink to to become a thing. So where are we at? Where are we moving to on these stories? Oh, let's see. Uh let's do the five G. All right. This one is just the fun one that I found. Yeah. <laughs> um so uh yeah apparently uh there is a 350 dollar uh usb stick mm -hmm. that totes itself as able to repel 5g waves newsflash it doesn't it doesn't yeah uh, so this miracle usb stick which will shield you from the covid causing uh 5g <laughs> rays uh, it turns out to be a 128 megabyte USB key. And that's it. No modifications, no no anything else. But I will say their nomenclature was on point. Yeah. Um, sorry, as I finish pouring this beer here, I will tell you what it is in just a minute. Uh, let's see. What did it say? 5G BioShield. <laughs> oh, here we go. Uh, uh, the 5G BioShield USB key, which claims to be a quantum holographic catalyzer technology for the balance and harmonization of the uh, harmful effects of imbalanced electric radiation, end quote. <laughs> Dude, I love it. I love it. Yeah. You can purportedly boost the range by plugging it into a laptop or other device. Uh, the 5G BioShield claims not to block Wi-Fi, though. Only yeah. 5G. Only true 5G, even though wireless is also 5 gigahertz. Yeah. So I got to admit, like, I don't feel bad for anybody that bought this, <laughs> you know? Um, but it is just a funny, like, I kind of- I'm really offended it. that you put my website up on display like this, Rhett. I mean, just- oh. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I had a good thing going. <laughs> hey, my bad. My bad. Um, well, there's no rolling that one back, I guess. Dag it. <laughs> I am um, sorry. Don't buy these if you see them online. I'm sure that um, the average craft computing viewer knows better probably already knows this right yeah um but yeah you know it's interesting to see the ways that technology sort of preys on the like tech illiterate in a way 
mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I kind of know that, uh, it's always been kind of a gag gift, but the, the DVD rewinder was one that always made me laugh. Yeah. By the, by the way, uh, the only reason this device is being investigated is because the UK standards office, uh, uh, brought some in after, quote, the Glastonbury Town Council's 5G Advisory Committee committee recommended its use. Okay. Um, I'm going to try to not have a hot take about that. <laughs> um, well, there you I, go. I, I'm assuming one of their founders is also the chairman on the Homeowners Association. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is crazy. You know, it's like, look, I know that there's always been like rumors out there that people have like bad reactions, like certain waves and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's always been the conspiracy theories for as long as I remember about people getting harassed with microwaves and things like that. Um, you know, like I remember reading that that was like one of the motivators of like some mass shooter was like the FBI was harassing him with microwaves. Right. Um, then there's people that like claim to have like physical reactions to like, you know, Lucille Wi-Fi. Ball hearing CIA chatter in her teeth. Right. Yeah. And all that sort of stuff. So like, look, you, you know, obviously these waves are like moving through us and doing all these things, but like, if it were dangerous, we would have all known about it by now. Like we would all be suffering the effects. Um, you know, right. this is just one of those things that people come up with and you doesn't know, cause cancer. Right. And just like any other sort of, you know, like conspiracy theorist type thing, it's like I always get a kick out of those dudes on that documentary uh, Behind the Curve. Have you seen that one? It's the Flat Earth uh, documentary. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And these dudes are so smart because they invent these they invent these experiments. Uh-huh. And they say, look, we've got this gyroscope and we know the Earth spins. They say it spins this fast. And if that's true, we will get 15% drift. Yeah, uh, we'll get a 15 hour. degree drift over over an hour, and yeah. lo and behold, an hour later, it's a 15 degree drift, and now they have to explain their way out of why it was 15 degrees off. Yeah, so then they spend money building a bismuth box and all this sort of stuff. And there was another one where they're like, "Look, we're gonna build this this the, these kind of platform. We're gonna the shine cameras. a laser through these yeah. holes." And they're doing it, and they're like, "There's just no explanation for this." And it's like, "Hold on, hold it up higher," and yeah. all of a sudden they could see the light. It's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And if they would just let go of their kind of like bias about it, they would realize that yeah. they just prove that the earth is round. It's right. the same thing with 5G. It's like if you Again. stop to think about it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there were uh, people are, are going, well, how did how did they know the earth was round all those many years ago? Based on the time of year and based on the angle that the shadow was coming off of the monuments, uh, off yep. of true north. And, uh, uh, and so they could calculate the difference in the shadows based off uh, their their elevation uh, based off the angle of the shadow, based off the yeah. length of the shadow. Yeah. And uh, they were within like- Wasn't it like freaking Aristotle like invented the dang? I don't know who right. it was. I'm butchering it, whatever. Live on craft <laughs> computing. <laughs> um, but still, anyway, don't buy 5G blocking USB sticks unless and they have they, more and, than 120 megabytes of storage. <laughs> right, at least get a two terabyte one. Um, and uh, the thing is, if they could actually block 5G, they'd be illegal per the FCC because they're interfering with the transmission of other signals. Imagine that. Imagine how that works. Yep. A couple of years ago, there was a guy arrested in Florida and uh, fined something like $30,000 uh, because he was tired of all the people using their cell phones on his commute. 
And so he went out and bought a cell phone jammer and installed it in his car. I remember this. The the FBI tracked him down because every day at rush hour, you know, during a at a certain position, they they would find this black hole of uh, uh, radio silence and yep. uh, tracked him down, pulled him over, and arrested him. Good. Uh, crazy, so crazy, crazy. Don't do that. Just saying everything before 5G was still okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's the stretch of logic that always gets me. It's like, yo, where were you with 4G? <laughs> you know, like when LTE was rolling out, dog. 5G causes riots, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Um, so I don't want to talk about it too much, but yeah, that historic highs of, of spacex at the beginning of the week and then historic lows of like revolts and all or not revolts that's the wrong word i apologize um protesting in in all 50 states um rigorous some of which protests vigorous protesting some of which turned to riots which i do not agree with uh rioting is is not the way to um civil disobedience is the way you do it if you want to break curfew break curfew uh, if you get arrested, that's fine. You're still voicing your your opinion, and and you accept the consequences that come. If you break into a J.C. Penny to steal a bunch of shoes, you've just broken into a J.C. Penny. You're not proving anything. Um. So, yeah, please protest, demonstrate. I I support it. In fact, uh, in the very top of the video description, so I don't get demonetized. There's a link to go donate to uh, some uh, uh, bond or uh yeah bail, uh, bail, funds. bail funds nice so there's bail funds for all 50 states go donate to one yeah yeah uh, because that's how you support protesters and, yeah. and that's how you support protesters who are legitimately getting you know or being arrested for for protesting um, oh yeah so. and 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 beyond that too there's a lot of people that are getting arrested uh despite you know breaking few laws or no laws i mean there are journalists there are journalists that are being, being arrested attacked. yeah and that's just outrageous oh dude it's it is completely wild out there and and then in salem like you know i don't know how much you follow the news and stuff but there is yeah. just like a complete dichotomy in the way that the the police are treating uh one group of protesters versus another i mean it's i saw your tweets last freaking... night and i fully and i fully agree with them yeah, yeah we don't have to dive into it but it's it's just yeah. it's just unreasonable i mean i don't I can't understand a world where where somebody thought that that was a good idea in the age of cell phones that somebody thought it was a good idea to even try and pull that. Um, so, you know, it's just a crazy world out there. Yeah. The bail funds are a really cool way. Um, I've donated to the, the Portland bail fund and apparently mm-hmm. the money goes to use very quickly and <laughs> uh, which is really cool. I mean, cause you know, I, I was reading stories about journalists and stuff that were getting, that were getting busted, not Mirandized, which is just like horrible. Um, and, and then the, uh, you know, I think of the, the one I was reading about in particular was the, um, I guess it was the Minnesota bail fund and they were, you know, on the phone within hours and managed to get this guy's bail paid real quick. And even though they held him longer than they should, you know, he was out the next day and free to go about his life. So it does a lot of good and allows people to, to protest without fear of, you know, being, unjustly detained for you know well beyond reasonable means so yes um, yeah there there have been some horrific stories of people being held for way too long uh you know people having their diabetic medication taken away which is illegal um you know etc etc so yeah uh that's the one that i support i fully support protests 
Uh, I abhor violence of any kind. I don't care what side starts it. If you started it, you're wrong. And I think that's all there is to it. Um, but I do support the protests. I, I do support uh, the movement behind it. I absolutely support it. Um, oh, heck yeah. So... Uh, yeah, I'm... it's it's long overdue, and it's and it's you know we're we're living through the perfect storm, the perfect kind of mixing of ingredients to get mm-hmm. like riot or not riots. Dang it, I keep doing that because I don't right. I don't want to do that. But right, like getting exactly. a but I mean it is the perfect storm for riots, but it is also the perfect storm to get protests that are this vigorous, this right. enduring, um, this intense. I mean. You know, we're going into like what day six or so for 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 my entire lifetime. There's been a thought that my generation will never protest anything because we're too comfortable in our lives. And there is really something to that. (laughs) All of a sudden, half of us have been laid off and we're not all that comfortable anymore. No. And so now we can start protesting some actual issues and. I don't have to be at work tomorrow. (laughs) You know, it's it's those kinds of things um, where, uh, you know, yeah, we're on day six because guess what? Monday through Friday doesn't exist for a lot of these people anymore. Or they're not working weekends or they're not working nights or anything like that. So when I knew how real this was. We got nothing but time. You froze again. Dang it. When I knew how real this was, though, um, I uh, it was going into Monday night. And freaking all of them got bigger than the weekend. Yep. I was just like, oh, my God. Like, this is yeah beyond, like, I think what I thought it was going to be, what anybody thought it was going to be. Yeah. Hey, and hats off to all the organizers and all of the people that are encouraging peaceful demonstrations and are putting yes. together really oh, that, awesome The, the demonstration and... in Portland on Burnside Bridge last night. That was oh, incredible. Was so awesome to see the pictures of that. That was um, awesome. Yeah, it's it's really cool, and I guess you know even even Salem uh, had a pretty cool protest on on Friday night that like I devolved into like singing songs and and because uh, it was a candlelight vigil originally, and it just it really turned out to be like a really peaceful like beautiful event, which was awesome. Nice. Um, and then the next night it got a little bit more intense, I think. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, it only takes like one person to like really ruin it for everybody. Um, yeah. And that's what I heard kind of happened in Salem. But yeah, but um, yeah, if you guys are are going out to these rallies and things like that, you know, stay safe, be safe, bring. Yeah. And and encourage people to to, you know, not throw rocks at cops and stuff. Um, Whatever your feelings on that may be, it just Mm -hmm. exacerbates the situation and puts people in in danger. I mean, go out there, block traffic, go out there and disrupt. you know, daily life. That's, that's super awesome. Donate money if, if you can afford to, I mean, at times are tight, but, but uh, you know, the money is kind of the big thing. It, it goes a long ways to propelling the movement uh, mm-hmm. to have sort of an endurance, uh, a sort of longevity that uh, other movements just don't ever get. So check those out. Yep. Um, uh, we did get a donation. Uh, so actually, a couple of donations. Uh, Big Big Spoon, $2. In Voyager, Neelix was 34 and Kess was 2 Gross. Uh, I agree. <laughs> um, and then uh, uh, Philly. Uh, Philly. Phil. I'm just going to call you Phil. I hope that's okay. Phil. 
do you guys think 5G is less harmful than older generations? Uh, 5G is not harmful. Neither were older generations. Uh, 5G, less wattage, but more transmitters. Older generations, fewer transmitters, higher wattage. Uh, do you know how powerful AM radio is? And do you know how penetrating AM radio is? Um, so right. the higher the frequency, the less penetration power you have, and the more wattage it takes to actually penetrate objects. Uh, AM radio, yeah. they, they broadcast at 100,000 watts, and AM radio goes through anything. And I mean anything. Um, uh, you know, you can get AM reception inside of, uh, inside of an elevator oh, God, shaft. Yeah. Um, versus 5G, it can barely penetrate a piece of paper and i'm not kidding um so it's not harmful it's yeah. never been harmful if you want to be Look, exposed to every single frequency that we've ever recorded step outside there's a big yellow ball in the sky <laughs> that broadcasts them all at more power than we can fathom yeah so i mean what, what's interesting is you got that gives uh, what you I cancer think, but that's the uv yeah. <laughs> what i think a lot of people forget is that um, radio waves and, you know, and 5G waves, which are radio waves, um, they exist on the same spectrum that X-rays exist on mm -hmm. and gamma rays exist on. And obviously like UV is, is harmful. Um, and we can feel its effects with sunburns and things like that. But like UV is more powerful than 5G. That's why we feel its effects that way. Um, you know, UV can penetrate our atmosphere where I'm pretty, well, does 5G penetrate our atmosphere? Or is it one of those that bounces off? I don't, look, at, I don't even know I, what I'm talking about. I'm not a freaking I, engineer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there are radio waves and light waves and, and electromagnetic waves, the same mm -hmm. thing. Uh, yep. they bounce off the atmosphere and that's how you get like shortwave radios work. You can bounce them off the stratosphere and onto the other side of the planet, all yep. sorts of stuff like that. That's why there are rays that come off the sun that don't kill us. Um, you know, I think like the ozone layer, for example, absorbs a lot of the UV spectrum, uh, which is why we don't just go outside and get, you know, sunburns constantly. I mean, we do, but, <laughs> but uh, not nearly as bad as it could be. Yep. So, you know, once you for, start for getting the, up into that yeah. spectrum, you start getting to danger. Right. Uh, for, for those in the chat who are arguing the, the merits of the protest, stop, just, just stop. Yeah. Number no one, number one, you're not going to win any hearts and minds here. You can either agree with, agree with it or disagree with it. But, um, the accountability questions, the, the, all, all this that's going on, stop. Yeah. Just stop. Okay. You're arguing with people on the internet who are faceless and nameless. <laughs> yeah. Stop. Um, and uh, and for those who brought up, well, they were all four were fired the next day. Is that not accountability? Um, I'll say this: it's happened before. It's happened many, many times. And four of them were fired. One was brought up on charges. Guess what? It took ten days of protest for the other three to be brought up on charges. Yeah, and that's what there's, the protests are for. There's accountability. Yeah. And how many times has there not? been accountability and i'll stop there yeah I'll, I'll get off my 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 soapbox but if you're in chat and you're arguing it stop stop yeah, it. i mean you certainly stop it nobody's changing any <laughs> minds so you're not you're not going to change minds in a youtube chat 
Yeah, especially so. YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to YouTube, but good luck. Right, right. Uh, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah. But... Oh. Dude, look at that autofocus on my phone. That's legit, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yours is like, yeah, yeah. What can I say? Yeah, I think that they did something like Google did something to their like, you know, camera algorithm i don't know what the right term is they did something to their camera app because i started noticing that there was some changes and in some ways they're really irritating with the way that it uh, auto focuses and does all that sort of stuff uh-oh oh dude the anti-protesters are coming after you there we go i can hear jeff there we go um I just, RT... why don't you talk I, I had RTX voice on and I think it just uh, died. Um, or apparently I've been muted in chat because I was talking about the protest. <laughs> Maybe my mods got a little vitriolic. <laughs> yeah, they're like, mm, this is just too much. We don't believe in stances. That's hey, funny. $2 donation from Big Big Spoon. Jeff yeah. is muted. Not anymore. Dang it. Hey, you guys know the rules. When Jeff's muted, y'all take a drink. And uh, and red is frozen. What? Jesus. Mm -hmm. Well, at least it's a handsome image this time. That's right. It's one of the better ones we've had. Dude, we're just getting freaking DDoS attacked here. Craft Craft Studios is under attack. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, uh, probably one of the funniest things to come out of of this weekend. <laughs> I'll just move right into this one. And I know you know exactly yeah, yeah, what I'm talking it. about. <laughs> um, I love the K-pop community. I, I love that Dude, community. <laughs> so, these so dudes much. have become, they're, they've always been awesome, but they've like become savage this weekend. Dude. <laughs> yes. This is so great. Um, so the K-pop community, the K-pop stands have uh, taken to blotting out any offensive hashtags by retweeting K-pop with the same hashtags. And so if yeah. you search for, if you're looking for that echo chamber of white supremacy, all you're going to find is Korean K-pop singers. <laughs> I love it. Which is so freaking great. So much. They came out hardcore this weekend, and then today was even more impressive. I remember I saw this, I saw this story this morning, and I just started searching the hashtags, and oh my god, it is so, mm -hmm. it's just so heartwarming and inspiring. Yeah, it was and like what fifteen a, to what one. What just a, uh, but when <laughs> I was looking at it, I mean, K-pop is, I'm pretty sure, like the second most you know popular kind of like music you know what's the word i'm looking for it's like the second most profitable like music economy in the world is like yeah something like that the k-pop thing yeah maybe i'm wrong s second in the country only to the starcraft uh theme song <laughs> yeah uh 
Um, um, this but is... no, th- this was so, f- so great. I, I, yeah. I love this as, as a form of protest and a, as a form of blotting out, you know, offensive language is, is retweeting something as, as yeah. funny as this. And, and yeah, it's great. Um, yeah. So they started out by, uh, basically blanketing, uh, Twitter feeds of police departments across the country. Um, and, uh, and then on Tuesday, it was supposed to be blackout Tuesday. Uh, and, uh, so no social media and, and, and companies, you know, blacking out for, uh, for, uh, observation. Um, by the way, Washington Redskins and Atlanta Braves, you could have just sat that one out. I I know I love to see like people's hearts are in the right places, but like, dude, you've been at the top of this battle for a long right. time. You've people been, on... been coming after you, right? Yeah, it's, and it's, I, yeah. and that's such a, that's such a hard one. But like, I mean, Redskins is such a bad name. When such you know a bad, yeah. What it's from, and it's like you know, I I love that they come out and support, but like, mm, just like a little bit more awareness, just just a hair. Like a PR department. That's what they're for, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, not just one guy in charge of your social media, but like a whole PR department. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, have them go through the whole, you know, commission thing and uh, don't do anything stupid because <laughs> it's kind of tone deaf. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, then Wednesday rolled around and Wednesday was basically going to be the white supremacist retaliation for blackout Tuesday. And instead we got K-pop Wednesday and that is okay by me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally cool. Totally cool. And, uh, if you guys want a kind of a really fun rundown on K-pop, if you're unfamiliar with it, um, there is uh, i think it's vox they have like a little mini series on on netflix called explained and it's like one of my favorite shows ever because it's like just 20 minute little um little 20 minute little educational docu it's it's how it's made but documentary form yeah and 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 they focus on like there's lots of stuff there's um you know there's an episode on weed there's first the google bops are pushed through the schleem yeah exactly um, is it actually Gringle Bops? No, oh, you're killing me because I don't think that's the exact. Quote, I, 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 I know it's not the right quote, <laughs> but first you need some shleem. Yeah, uh, <laughs> doesn't matter. Rick and Morty, you can make up any word you want. Shleem is the best though. And then he spits on it and rubs it. <laughs> <laughs> the shleem is then repurposed for later batches. Yes. Oh Jesus. Okay. <laughs> um. The flarp zone is for flarping and unflarping only. Um, anyway, what was I saying? Anyway, they make little docu-series about stuff. They got one on weed. They got one on, you know, shoot, feminism. They got one on, God, I'm not winning anybody over here. But anyway, they got one on K-pop, and it is a really good, uh, oh, they got one on, like, sexual fetishes. You know, if you want to learn about, like, why people, you know, tick the way they do. Well, um, well there the you K-pop go. one is very interesting because it's something that I knew very little about. It's like, I knew about the scene. I respected the scene because like, you know, why not? Um, But seeing sort of just how ingrained it is into the culture and how it's like really spread overseas, super interesting. And they do a great job. It's 20 minutes long. Check it out on Netflix. Uh, That that is one of your least flattering freezes right now. 
Why do I make faces? <laughs> All right, from now on, I'm just going deadpan. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> don't don't at me. All right. Uh, so, so sorry, K-pop. sorry. You said the, the the florping zone is for florping, not florping. Uh, all all I got in my head was the uh, the airplane bit. the The white zone is for unloading and loading of passengers. There is no parking <laughs> in the red zone. <laughs> Janet, there's always been parking in the red zone. The white zone is. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's so ahead of its time. It's so good. Oh. <laughs> what else we got? Let's move on. Yes. Yes. Um. All right, next one. This is kind of interesting because I only heard about it on the radio this morning when I was driving to work, but Google is facing a $5 billion lawsuit. Um, Oh, good Lord, they hate ad blockers. Um, They're facing a $5 billion lawsuit over privacy issues. The, The issue being that apparently the lawsuit alleges that they are collecting data despite using incognito mode. Yeah. Um, now you, you and I know that, you know, when you go to incognito mode, it flat out says like, you may still be tracked. Right. This does and not make you invisible. I, I, I don't think this is going to win. I don't think it's going to go very far because uh, the purpose of incognito mode is to hide your regular browsing history, cookies, etc., from sites that you visit. and to not record data locally on your computer. However, if I enter incognito mode and then log into a service, guess what? I've still logged into that service and I'm still bound by whatever cookies they're putting in the temporary session. And so, and they say that flat out when you open an incognito browser. So Um, you might still be tracked. (laughs) Right. Uh, uh, In fact, let me open one right now. You've gone incognito. Now you can browse privately and other people who use this device will not see your activity. However, downloads and bookmarks will not be uh, will be saved. Uh, Chrome won't save the following information. Uh, your browsing history, cookies and site data and information entered in the following forms. That's Chrome as in the local installation of Chrome. It's not yeah. going to save your history. Uh, however, if you create a bookmark or you download something, that's obviously saved. Your yeah. activity might still be visible to websites you visit, your employer or school, or your internet service provider because you are not blocking anything from them. This is a local block only. Um, and it says it right there in black and white or gray and white more more accurately. Yeah. But uh, I, yeah, I don't see this one going anywhere. Just personally. Are you trying yeah. to get another freeze um, frame? Yeah, I know I was. Yeah, a little bit, but, but like one that looks cooler because <laughs> some of the other ones that made me look like such a dork. Um, yeah, I think this is kind of a largely symbolic gesture. And I know that the attorneys and everybody that's involved with it, what I heard on the radio this morning was that they are looking to make it a class action suit, which might give it a little bit more tread. They're really... It just means it'll have to be heard. Yeah. But beyond that, but first it's got to get class action status. Yeah. Um, which and I don't think it it'll even make it that far. But they're really, really looking at California's privacy laws, which the legal experts on freaking OPB this morning uh, were saying that California's laws may give it traction. And when I when I heard that, I was thinking that it might have the same effect on privacy, much the same way that like European uh, Europeans. 
Europe's privacy laws kind of impacted our internet usage mm -hmm. here. Yeah, your um, your right to be forgotten, your Google takeouts, right, etc. Right. Most international sort of you know websites and things like that they decided to just adhere to the european standard all across the board because it was easier and cheaper right sorry uh, i i was i was re i was catching up on some comments and uh civil says k-pop interest is surging in the southeast right now <laughs> yes thank you dude thank you perfect somebody get this man a pizza yeah um or person or yeah. female or whatever god i'm the worst i'm the worst <laughs> anyway i just assume you're watching tech tube you're a male that's super wrong of me we, we have at least two girls accurate. <laughs> we have at least two girls watching right now i know i chat. know yeah so you are Thank so you big for, at regret i did i'm pretty much the worst but look it's all about acknowledging my shortcomings and trying to be better and right. that's what i'm gonna do so thank you um <laughs> god dang it where were we <laughs> incognito mode when you watch videos of incognito mode. okay so what i was thinking was this this lawsuit <laughs> largely symbolic maybe to push the rest of the 49 united states uh closer towards california's privacy laws which i am 100 percent on board with um, look, this is the week of gestures, big and small. I'm all, I'm, I'm for this, whatever. Let, let the legal experts sort it out. Let the judges sort it out. This is, I mean, it's interesting. Google's got money to burn $5 billion, whatever. It'll be 10 years until anybody sees the dime anyway. It's like the BP thing. You know, I, I think I was 18 when that class action lawsuit came along that Arco was incorrectly charging people's debit cards. And I literally got my checks uh last summer so <laughs> i mean that was 11 12 years so uh you know this will be a long time till anybody sees a dime but as symbolic gestures go i'm all for it let's see where the pieces lie if it means more privacy for people when using the web i'm a hundred percent for it yeah yeah it, i'm a hundred percent for privacy um <laughs> hi becky uh <laughs> Um, on discord or she uh on the discord yeah uh uh civil says uh we have uh uh we have becky the team uh the team mom and so i said hi mom and she goes hi <laughs> 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 um yeah becky's our resident team mom over on the discord um keeps us all uh hydrated shall we say um but uh i am all for online privacy but at the same time, this is gonna sound this is gonna sound not so so friendly yep. to some people. <laughs> I'm I'm also not necessarily opposed to online profile building for advertising companies. Yeah, yeah. It, no, and you're not wrong. <laughs> right. It's um I I I disagree with how widespread it is, but at the same time it's kinda hard not to be widespread. Right. with you know it it's it's difficult because yeah. i'm i'm also a privacy advocate i i do advocate that your online privacy should be hidden and 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 whatnot 
but I also rely on so many of these services. I, re I rely on Google for everyday, literally my everyday life revolves around a lot of the Google ecosystem. Yeah. Um, and uh, I got online one day and uh, if you go to Google Maps and click on history, don't do that. It'll freak you the hell out. Oh, Jesus, I know. I know. Um, I do this because, all the time uh, in my job. <laughs> right, right. Because they have literally everywhere you have ever been with whatever cell phone you've ever had. Um, and 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 Personally, I have history. Build with that Google. profile, baby. Right. I have history with Google dating back to like 2009. Yeah. Um, and uh, of like where I was at, what I was doing. Um, I, I went to a comedy show about a little over a year ago. And uh, it had the road that I drove in on. It had the road that I drove out on. It also knew that I stopped at 7-Eleven for seven minutes on the way home. Love it. I love it. <laughs> and that's a profile that Google has of me. And guess what? I probably saw a couple 7-Eleven ads there along the way because they said, hey, we can deliver ads for 7-Eleven to Google Maps to people who frequent 7-Eleven to get them to stop more often. Right. And, and that is a sales pitch of, of why Google Maps as a service is free. You know, and, and so I defend privacy, but at the same time, otherwise I'd be paying for the service anyway. Yeah. And, and that's that God, dude, that could send a whole, like a whole mess of beans about this whole like COVID thing. Maybe right. we shouldn't go there, but like, I'll briefly mention the idea that a lot of people are like resisting against is like, is contact tracing, which is like one of public health's like number one tools. Right of containing infectious diseases. It is tracing back who were you in contact with, when were you in contact with them, and then contacting them and letting them know you have been in contact with somebody with an infectious disease. Mm -hmm. We'd encourage you to self-isolate. Right. Um, and, and or so many, tested. And, right. Yeah. And so many people are like, I, I just not sure about that. You're my privacy. And it's like NPR did a story a couple years ago where they bought cell phone tracking data Mm -hmm. And it is, God, it is so underplayed how the way they sell it. They're like, well, it's only, they only capture it once an hour, but then all of these services are capturing it once an hour at varying degrees. It is, may as well be real life tracking data. Yeah. It may as well be an ankle bracelet. May as well be. Absolutely. And so it's like, you're carrying this device in your pocket. And I guarantee you the people that are most upset about contact tracing carry this dang thing in their pocket every single mm -hmm. place they go and don't even mind and so and post know, on facebook me, how opposed they are to this tracker right yeah right jesus god don't even get me started on that oh my god <laughs> oh geez no i won't I, go there, I, but... I love the facebook groups for flat earth and 5g let me tell you oh god i love the facebook <laughs> groups for everything man they're the worst and the best simultaneously right um but where i was going with this was I personally kind of like Google having this stuff on me because it really helps me in a lot of ways. Now, I am a privacy advocate as well. I have opted out of some of this privacy in order to get more streamlined service. Mm -hmm. What I think I might be more on board with is if a person were able to sort of profit a little bit more than just convenience off of their personal data being exploited for things like this. Um, you know, maybe, I don't know, like money might not necessarily make sense, you know, and we talked about this before with like Tesla, I think collecting data, it's like you could use Tesla points to like, I don't know, charge your, charge supercharge your for an hour. 
right yeah right. or something like that and it's like that's that's a cool interesting way of of sort of benefiting off of your personal data is mm -hmm. it a perfect solution no i think it falls well short but, but it's a step in the right direction and i think if we keep pushing people that way we're going to mind less and less having our data sort of harvested because we too stand a profit from it. I stand a profit from it just in terms of convenience. And look, I fully acknowledge that's kind of like a cop out in so many ways, but it's, you know, and you know, the other thing that they could do to win me over is stop sending me ads for shit. I already bought. Like I, when I'm going to buy something and I know that I'm not necessarily the majority in this, I bought right? because this is how, um, I'm trying to think of the last thing that I bought that was like a one-off item. Yeah. Um, I, I just bought baby bottles. You know what mm -hmm. I'm not going to buy again? Baby bottles. You know why? Right. Because I got enough baby bottles. You know what I've been seeing ads for all day? Baby bottles. It ain't happening. Stop yeah. sending me stuff. Oh. Send me other baby-related stuff that I never knew I needed. That's a, how ads work. A brake kit for my truck. I bought brakes for my truck. Okay. You know what I'm not going to buy again for another seven years? Brakes for a 2013 Nissan Frontier. You know yeah, what I could stop about, seeing ads for? Brakes for a 2013 Nissan Frontier. Amazon. What about brakes for the Z I'm car? Good. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst. Right. And that's the big problem. It's like you Google something. You and I are the same way. And I think many of our, our viewers are probably the same way. You start searching for something that you want to buy. You do the research of what's most cost effective versus what you mm -hmm. need. And you buy it. Yeah. Okay. We are the generation that does not watch commercials for yep. God's sake. Yep. I've got dish anywhere in my living room. I freaking can't stand watching it anymore because you know what, what cable uh, TV has figured out their demographic is anymore. 80 year olds, all the commercials are for denture cream and freaking ED medication and like whatever the heck else about your ancient age. Oh my God. It's like, it's like, let's just play commercials for 80 year I'm watching Cartoon Network, for God's sake. And they're like, by the way, have you seen all this old stuff? AARP is there for you, and they want you to get all that insurance. Do you have diabetes? You? Oh, my God, yeah. I want my money, and I want it now. Okay, <laughs> nobody under 35 <laughs> is, is Actually, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I'm just painting with a broad brush. I don't have a structured settlement, but I'd still like my money now, please. <laughs> Can you do yeah. anything for me? Yeah, you know who else doesn't have mesothelioma anymore? Uh, because they all died already, okay? They got mesothelioma from asbestos exposure. They're all gone. We don't need our settlements anymore. No, I'm just kidding. That's horrible. I'm a bad person. But also, bad like, person. that's the type of people that cable plays ads to. And I feel mm -hmm. like the ad game of Google and all these other companies is so antiquated. Send me ads for things I never knew I needed and I would spend more more money. I mean, I don't know, is that selfish to ask? Like, take the research out of my hands for God's sake. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe it's selfish. I mean, Google can already sort of predict where I'm going when I'm going there. They can predict what I might want to listen to at a given time. They're really good at predicting what I want to listen to. Yeah, it's and kind of uncanny, Even if I've right? never heard it before. It's even it better. <laughs> Two years ago, the YouTube algorithm was the best. It was so awesome for finding new stuff and interesting stuff. I'll and agree. then all of a sudden, they're like... I'll agree. And all the, yeah, and, and I won't say that it's horrible anymore because I still find new and interesting stuff. But I swear, it really filters down to like a couple things. And it's like, 
I've already heard, I've already heard this. I've already seen this. Take me to something new. And you know, it is new in the sense that like, okay, it took me there a month ago, but it's like, I want fresh. I want new all the time. Like I used to find all of my new music from YouTube's algorithm is so good two years mm -hmm. ago. Um, but anyway, I don't know. That's the cost of internet privacy. Let's see where this lawsuit goes again. This is the this is the week. This is the time of gestures, and this is a gesture, and it might lead to something. It may not, but also, no buildings were set on fire, so there you go. Yep. Which is good because we both live in our state's capital, and we're both about the same distance from that state capital. <laughs> I know. I know. I know it's kind of luckily I live up like, the hill and most people don't want to walk. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, I live just <laughs> far enough up the beaten path too. There's no walking path to my house. And all oh, and your hill is kind of gnarly too. That's right. It is a little bit. We yeah. can, we can hear some action every once in a while, but it's gotta be yeah. in the right place. Um, but uh, otherwise, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of removed from the whole thing, but yeah. um, okay. Here's a dumb story but I included it and Jeff didn't take it out. So there is a photo. I don't know where this came from. Apparently, God, where does it come? I don't know. It's some sort of like wallpaper photo that's been circulating around. But anyway, apparently it is coaxing some phones sort of like crash. Yeah. And it's, and it's because it's kind of trying to, push your phone's color display to lengths that it can't normally go to. Right. Um, so here is the picture in question, and I hope my computer doesn't crash by displaying it. <laughs> God, um, wouldn't that be savage? <laughs> but uh, if you get this picture, uh, the advice is to not open it or set it as a wallpaper, even though it's, it's kind of pretty. It's something that I might set as a wallpaper. Um, but... Uh, it looks gorgeous. It's it a gorgeous. really good wallpaper. It's a photo. gorgeous photo. Um, but uh, apparently some phones, when you set it as a wallpaper, are just crashing. And Google hasn't figured out why yet. Now, there is some speculation on as to why the phone may be crashing. And uh, the speculation is that as phones get more advanced and their cameras get more advanced, I, I put that in, in quotes, um, that they're having to do more interpretation of color space for photos than they ever have before. Um, yeah. Whereas we're used to getting highly compressed JPEGs on phones. All of a sudden we're getting phones that might even be able to shoot in raw and we're getting high-end HDR photos and a bunch <sighs> of other things. All of a sudden we're processing various yeah. different color spaces from whatever color uh, camera manufacturer happens to be in your phone or, or whatever algorithm you send your your photo processing through. And so uh, your color space might be wildly different photo to photo. And uh, apparently something about this particular picture is uh, causing the phones to bug out when it's trying to interpret that color space. Um, so it might be the number of colors that are in this picture. It might be the dynamic range. It might just be the flat out number of colors. Um, but uh, something about this picture is uh, causing phones to literally S the bed. Which is crazy to me. Like, what a weird problem to have in 2020. But, um, dang. I'm oh, like, trust me. If that was the I only the... problem with 2020, I would be fine. 
know. Uh, I'd trade this for mortar hornets for sure. Um, oh, well, can't do that, though. What a weird problem, though. Um, I saw the picture in my first instinct was to set it as uh, wallpaper on my phone. I won't because I'm cheap as hell. Um, my phone's been having all sorts of problems for years now, but I plan on freaking using this thing to the grave. It's almost four years old. Um, yeah, I'm excited for it. Jeff's super interested in something, probably the chat. A little bit of the chat. Uh, Uh, Patrick says, loved the, uh, the NX filter video, Jeff. Thank you. Appreciate it. Oh yeah. You've been popping out some great videos. I'm rather proud of them. Ugh. Yeah. Just doing my thing. Ugh. Just doing the old craft computing thing. Y'all know that old crack computing over there. They got they go ahead and they make all good informational videos. You know what I'm saying? It's also, do you have diabetes? <laughs> Y'all know that diabetes. Y'all got that diabetes? <laughs> diabetes. <laughs> Kind of a, a a small story, but weird. It was just a weird one, you know. Um, a bit. Not many um, pictures, breaking phones these days. Right. Um, one last story before we uh, open it up to whatever, um, and that is uh, that Sony, under the events of this last weekend, has decided to postpone their PlayStation Five announcement that was originally oh, scheduled oh, for oh. tomorrow, um, and. Uh, while we understand gamers worldwide are excited to see PS5 games, we feel that right now is not a time uh, that right now is a time for celebration. And for now, we want to stand back and allow more important voices to be heard. So um, that is hard decision. A hundred percent, no doubt, hard decision. Right. Um, but when you got Nickelodeon shutting down for eight minutes and forty six seconds, like you got to step your PR game up a little bit. Like it is. I think this is just a, a smart move. Like mm -hmm. there are far more important things going on than PS5 games. I hate right. to say it because I love video games. I really do. Right. But again, <laughs> we are the generation that they said would do nothing because of video games, because of movies, because of music at our fingertips or whatever. That is not true. And Sony is helping us show them that. Mm -hmm. kudos to them hats off not an easy decision it's a decision that might kick them in the money bucket a little bit i um, I, I don't think so because this was just the announcement they can make the announcement well, at I don't any mean, time and i don't mean significantly you know right. but i mean like oh they had the I mean, event like, planned right so. exactly and you got you got all sorts of things that revolve around that sort of stuff you know when you're looking at your value on wall street it's based on your stability and if you want to pull the rug out of stuff four days in advance that mm -hmm. alters your stability and it alters your stock price i'm right. not saying that sony's going to disappear overnight that just ain't going to happen especially from something that, like this and for, especially from something this positive as far as i'm concerned um you know kudos to them and they are not alone and nor should they be i mean what a what a cool cool way to lend your economic weight 
two voices that would otherwise go unheard. Kudos right. to Sony. Yeah. I I thought it was a great gesture and I think it's the right move. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. uh this is a weird time. Uh, uh I I I've, I've been seeing the memes going around right now. What's on your June apocalypse bingo? Uh, <laughs> cuz it's been a new thing yeah. every month. Dude, and we'd be wrong. Right. Every Oh god, isn't that crazy though? Doesn't matter how inventive you are. Australia's like, going, can we just set fire to everything again? We were cool with that. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Seriously. Like that was a lot easier to stomach, you know? Right. Because we're so far away. <laughs> just kidding. That's horrible. Um but yeah, man, that was something that's like, well, at least, you know, maybe I can drive my car less. Maybe mm-hmm. I can eat less meat. Maybe I can ugh, turn off the lights or something. I don't know what you could do. Maybe I can opt into to my power company's green initiative. Maybe I can buy solar panels. That's something you could do yeah. to kind of help Australia out a little bit. Uh, you know, now it's just like, what do we do? I guess we postpone our big events and we do all that sort of stuff. I mean, there's it's not as easy as a as a solution as one might hope. Mm-hmm. Um, we. We did skip over another story. I don't. Do you want to just skip that one? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was an interesting one. All right. How dare what, you? Which one? Oh, no, I oh, found no. that. You one. you posted it after I had already started the str- or done the stream because I went back no! and you had a, you had a title in there. You didn't have a link. There was no link. I blame that on Google. There was no to link yet. The I truth. had the, I saw the title. <laughs> I'm. Tell we can what, ignore no, it if you want. Tell you what, no, let's do it. I got it. All right. Go. All right. Floor is yours. Google pulls the remove China apps from the Play Store. The story is, as the headline states, India was using a very popular app. Apparently, it garnered 5 million downloads in a matter of like a couple weeks at most. And it did exactly as it says. It, it was a Chinese application Chinese. uninstaller. Yeah. Um, you know, there are a lot of privacy concerns with Chinese apps, TikTok being among the most prevalent. And India was like, we're just done with these guys. And India is obviously next door neighbors with China. They're the second most populous country after China. So there's a little bit of tension there. And they had this app and they said, we're just done dealing with all of these Chinese made apps. And it was super popular. And Google said, "Eh, (laughs) no, we're taking it off. Um, and they did. The app is no longer available on Google Play, um, which is kind of a bummer because as far as I'm concerned, if you want to be able to control what sorts of apps you see on the Google Play Store, why can't you do that? Right. I don't know. It's a weird time. I don't know what the right answer there is, but it seems as time goes on, more and more tech giants, hmm. more and more economic uh, heavyweights are sort of just letting China dictate how the playing field goes. And you yeah. can't, you can't blame them. If you know, I sit here and complain about how all my government and economy sees me as is dollar signs. Uh, well, there's about three quarters of a million or three quarters of a million, uh, three, billion, two thirds of a million, whatever. Anyway, there's a lot more people in China than there is in the United States or North America in general. And that's a lot more dollar signs when you think about it that way. Um, 
you know, I mean, to put it, to be fair, there's a lot more talent over there. There's a lot more things like that just because of the sheer number. So blocking off all those apps, I don't know, probably not very economically friendly to Google, but at the same time, you look at a country with numerous human rights violations, who's the United States to talk? I don't know. However, you know, they are sort of in the midst of a genocide. Um, so maybe you don't want to buy their apps or see their apps or download their apps. And if you, they're yeah. having privacy concerns, especially like TikTok, which is like a, a global phenomenon for God's sake. Um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of crazy, but there you go. Yep. Maybe, maybe I'm being too something about it. No, I don't think so. Um, and, and in fact, over the last couple of days, we've seen some hypocrisy from a number of companies that uh, bowed down to China's demands over various things over the last year and all of a sudden came out in support of, uh, um, uh, of the movements in the United States. You know, yeah. we've got uh, Blizzard, uh, probably yeah. the most famous of, uh, you know, sorry, a guy on our live stream supported the free Hong Kong movement. We just can't have that kind of crap. So we've, you know, banned him for life. Uh, and, and literally it was over a human rights violation that he was protesting. And, uh, and all of a sudden Blizzard is throwing up a Black Tuesday thing. You know, we stand with the, with the protesters in the United States and we've always felt, you know, uh, race, yeah. racism is no part in our company. And it's like, bullshit. You said exactly the opposite thing opposite. six months ago. Well, they're not even it six months ago. And that's, that's the big problem is like Blizzard, especially you look at, you know, what do they got? Starcraft? And is it just StarCraft over there? Uh, I don't know, it's super popular at this uh, at this juncture, but oh, uh, Overwatch is a Blizzard product. Overwatch, um, StarCraft. I mean, esports. Heroes of the Storm, I believe, is a freaking is a Blizzard huge. product. Heroes of the Storm sucks. Anyway, <laughs> I agree. Uh, <laughs> sorry, dude. You know, Blizzard had this little thing called Dota for a little bit. And then I don't know how Valve got their hands on it, but Valve got Dota 2. I'm a, I've been a Dota 2 player for, you know, years and years now. Well, not now. I gave up playing because, Jesus Christ, I can't do competitive gaming anymore. Well, I saw um, your machine. It couldn't pull up anyway. You shut your mouth. <laughs> I could play Dota 2 on anything. Uh, That's the deal. It was a is source you can, engine, you son of a gun. You can, you can play Dota 2 on anything. It was about the only thing you could um, play anymore. I remember when I upgraded my PC, I was like, oh, dang, it looks this good. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, but yeah, you know, that was my big thing is like, I remember playing Dota 2 and one of my, uh, not one of my, but there, there, you know, there was a hero, a character in that game called Skeleton King. And he was a skeleton. He was a skeleton that wielded a big sword and he'd roll around and hit people to death. And uh, and in China, it is illegal to show skeletons like that. I guess, or maybe hmm. not illegal is not the right word, but you can't yeah. show improper skeletons maybe like that. Yeah, yeah, and it, and that's I I think ultimately what it boiled down to, and so they changed him, they took him out of the game, and then they brought him back in this big release, Wraith King, and now he's like a ghost. You know, he looks like the asshole in Return of the King. You know who and and uh, and Aragorn is like, you will suffer me. Or whatever he says, you know, like yeah. a dumb line. And the ghost is like, well, we were honored the, the pledge we made to your ancestors a billion years ago. Uh, he looks like that asshole. Anyway, 
Um, like, what a small change to make, but yet they, like, wrapped it into this big deal. They removed the character. Then they brought him back in this big release event and did all this. And it was literally because China was blocking their entire game if they weren't going to comply. Yep. What a bully move to make. Why would you comply with bullies? I don't know. That's where I fall on the issue. Yeah. I, I, uh, and and um, someone brought up Acta Blizzard. And, and yeah, I, I always liked Blizzard, at least until they were bought out by Activision and merged with them. And all of a sudden, it's nothing but but corporate BS at every turn. And and they're they're sitting on the same three IPs that they always have been. Yeah. And it's just ridiculous at this point. I mean, the the only things they're the only things they were ever good at Blizzard wise was Diablo, Warcraft, and Starcraft. And and all of a sudden Diablo is a mobile uh paywalled app and World of Warcraft, you know, yeah, they released a classic version which took no effort at all. And, uh, you know, all the crap going on with, with everything. It's just, I mean, so don't you guys have phones? Yeah. Don't, don't you, you guys, guys have, have phones? phones? You know, it's, it was they interesting like because, um, no, we're, we're PC gamers because, over, over here. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. Dude, Diablo fans don't want a mobile game. They want a right. PC game. That's what they play right. Diablo for. Your, your Diablo I, um, and Starcraft and, and, uh, and Warcraft loving fans paid money to come to an event to see Diablo four. And you introduced a mobile game with, with oh, in-app purchases. And you're no wondering why they were upset. Pissed. Don't you guys have phones? Yeah, we all have phones. We don't want to freaking play that game on them. Yeah. It's interesting because I had um, Matt Yulman and Matt Householder on my game dev podcast. Mm. And Matt Yulman is the composer for the Diablo series. Yeah. And Matt Householder was like one of the senior sort of, I guess, producers of Blizzard at the time, especially during Diablo. Um, and it was super interesting I went to their event at uh, Portland Retro Gaming Expo and heard them talk, and then I had them on my podcast, and it was just like the way they unpacked Blizzard back in the day was yeah. super interesting. And they said like politics overtook Blizzard, like even kind of by the early, you know, by late '90s, early 2000s, and it yeah. just became yeah. too corporate for anybody to tolerate. It was fascinating to hear them talk about it at length. I mean, um, if you guys are interested in hearing that, I think I have like a. I, I have probably most of their speaking event at Portland Retro Gaming Expo on my podcast. Um, I mean, they just kind of devolve into sharing personal stories and anecdotes and all this sort of stuff about... Well, that's what we do on this show. Right, yeah, exactly. But it was <laughs> it's interesting because it's stories that are like almost, you know, 20, 20 years old or whatever. It's like, oh, okay, like that's fun. But like also tell us what else we want to know. Not, I'm being disingenuous. It was it's really cool, but there was a lot of reminiscing and sort of remembering the good old days, if you will. It's two super really awesome chill dudes. So um, that's somewhere on my podcast feed for game devs quest. If you guys are interested. Links down in the description below. Hey, thank you. Yeah. I think it's uh, episode 123 or 124. One of those. I passed you. When did I pass you? What? I passed you a number of episodes. I'm at 135. Yeah, me and Taylor haven't released an episode since. Well, we just released an episode, but I think we're only at like episode like 126 or 127. Yeah, we haven't. Okay. We podcasted in October at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. We have three episodes that have yet to be released. We're struggling to like find a way to kind of 
re-coordinate. Taylor bought a house and lost yeah. a lot of time. I had a kid and lost a lot of time. We just can't get together, you know, and there's, we have so many guests and people that are involved in our community that want to help out and want episodes to continue and do all this, but we're trying to figure out like, what does the future game devs quest look like? Because weekly content is great, but weekly recording sessions are just not necessarily like in the, they're just not possible at the moment. So mm-hmm. it's been probably more than six months since we've recorded. Yeah, uh, an episode, but we still are active. Fun on fact: Twitter I was their first guest. All that. You at were you? You might have been. I don't know, but you were definitely close. Yeah, and uh, in fact, that's pretty much how me and Jeff. Met. I wasn't even craft computing at the time. I was just a no. VR guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was uh, you know John obviously uh, hops and brews. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know I used to go to his bar all the time, and. Uh, and had us had a blast there and he kept telling me he's like yeah man i got my buddy he's opening up a vr studio upstairs and i was like whatever i don't care i don't care vr sucks dude you gotta you gotta hand it to john for like having patience with me and he put the other year i remember you guys set up the uh, second screen downstairs so you could kind of see what was happening in the vr studio and i remember he pointed it to me and he i was like what was that and he goes dude that's happening upstairs right now live i was like oh shit and it looked so interesting and so cool and you had the little screen in the corner where you could see them doing stuff and i think they were just playing the you know whatever the whatever vr arcade games it was with the bows and all that um god i'm the worst person ever i can't even remember what that's called in that game. damn game so fun um oh that was but, the lab uh, the lab thank you yeah um and you guys were playing the lab and all that sort of stuff i was like oh damn that looks so freaking awesome and he's like go upstairs i've been telling you to go upstairs for two weeks now i'm like okay so i finally went up there and did all that i remember bringing my brother out and doing all this sort of stuff and i kept thinking you know i was talking to taylor week after week doing the podcast i said man we gotta we you should come down and do some vr with me and we'll do an episode we'll get a before after shot about what you think of vr we'll get an after an after shot kind of of what you think of vr after you do it and I kind of remember mentioning that idea to you. And I said, like, literally me and Taylor were down there. And you're like, dude, this is great. That's awesome. I said, well, shit, do you want to be on the episode? And you're like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and I had never really like talked to you all that much. Yeah. I was, I mean, we, we were acquaintances, how, but you know, like, yeah, loose acquaintances. And I was floored by how well you held that podcast down. I was like, <laughs> this is like, this guy's legit. Yeah. I just so kept, that, I so that was I, that was April of 2017 that I was on your podcast, I want to say. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I had I had at the time registered the domain for craft computing and, and reserved the YouTube channel. I did that back in March, uh, but I didn't post an episode until July. And so I was starting to like get into like, OK, how do I want to talk and and how should I talk and present myself? I was already kind of like in that mindset when you came in and did the interview. Uh, I did. I built the VR studio as a bankroll for building YouTube because <laughs> yeah. I wanted to build a YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, yeah. What? When did we say that was? Uh, I think it was oh. April 2017 is when I was I on did, your show. I did this wrong. April or May. Whatever. You're probably right. <laughs> I don't know why I'm trying to look. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we do have some time left. I think I want to crack open another beverage. Oh my God, dude! You were—you had to have been the first guest, episode sixteen. That's right. Yeah. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, July fifth, 
2017 is when July I aired 5th. it. So we must oh, really? have recorded that. That was five days. We must days. have recorded it like. That was five days before my first video went live. Well, I remember after I did that, you said, hey, man, you got to come back and yeah. like check out this the thing I'm doing. And I didn't fully understand what you were doing. And we went up. I came back and we like drank some beers and did the first episode of Talking Heads. Talking Heads. Heads. Yep. <laughs> and I didn't I didn't I don't think I fully understood what was going on. But like I was totally down for it and into it. And yeah. Yeah, dude. And I said I was Crazy. your first guest. Why don't you be my first guest? And uh, yeah, the rest is kind of history. Yeah. Dude, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I loved having you on for that. Uh, that's one of my favorite episodes of Game Dose Quest. Yeah, yeah. We, I guess we released the first one July third, and then we released the next one July fifth. So two days later, you were on two okay. episodes. Okay. Yeah. Because it was so long. Yes, it was a long episode. <laughs> yeah, can you guys tell we're into talking for a long time? Dude, that's crazy history. Anyway, I think I'm going to grab another beverage. Um, yeah. Uh, ooh, Darkstorm's drinking a Rogue Chocolate Stout Nitro. Uh, any votes on what I should grab? Should I go Should I go with another beer? Should I go liquor? Should I do cocktail? What should I grab? What do you should, guys want me to grab? I'm out of beer. Should yeah. I grab another? Make a big gin bottom name? gin drink. Ooh, Civil. I don't have gin. I like you. I like you, Civil. I think I will make a big bottom gin drink. Um, right. But I think I need to go upstairs and get a lime. So What's a big bottom mean? That's big like bottom is the distillery. Term. Oh. Because I've been, I've been, I've been talking about that distillery for a while. Anytime I'm on like private chat with uh, with Discord, and yeah. uh, it's one of my favorite distilleries. It's here in Hillsboro, Oregon. And uh, it's freaking amazing. Right up the road. Yes. So anyway, I'm going to give Rhett the floor here real quick, and I will be right back because I'm going to go get a, an ingredient. All right. So. Cool. So, all right. So here we are, guys. What y'all want to talk about? Um, hey, you know, we were talking about uh, charities and things like that. Jeff included some links to, uh, to, to bail funds uh, around the country, which I think is really cool. But there's a charity that I also donated to um, as part of my game dev podcast, uh, which is Black Girls Code. And dude, it sounds like such a cool charity. These guys are organizing, getting uh, young black women involved in learning to code, which I think anyone here would agree is like uh, a really great burgeoning skill set to get your hands on. It puts it into the hands of people who, you know, may otherwise not have like the resources to get involved with it. Um, you know, my podcast game devs quest were like all about getting anybody and everybody into making games as like an entry level into like software development. And we've got so many people involved in it. Just, uh, like what a cool charity. If you guys just Google, uh, black girls code, I think you'll be able to find anything. And if you, if you have something that you're able to give, or you, you find yourself kind of in, a, in alignment with that uh, charity, um, you know, maybe think about giving something. Honestly, like so many of these charities that I've been finding over the last weeks, like I get $5 here, $5 there. I, I'm not giving anything big, but you then you see like how much it adds up to. It just makes you feel good. You know, it's like, ah, I gave to that, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's one that's kind of near and dear to our heart. Uh, hey, and also, if you guys haven't done it, like, I mean, look, I hate plugging my other stuff on Jeff's, on Jeff's stuff. But, you know, I do Game Devs Quest and, and the podcast is it's sort of slowing down and struggling a little bit. But go check out the episode where we got Jeff on. And that was uh almost three years ago now i knew jeff not at all before we had him on our podcast 
and that's episode 16. I was just looking at the link. Uh, where'd that go? Episode 16. In fact, I don't know. I think, uh, maybe I can give Jeff the link later. I think he did it. But anyway, um, if you just go to airpodcast.com slash Never mind. I'm not doing that. But anyway, the episode is called Live! Exclamation mark from Capital Taproom Bar hyphen VR Studio! Exclamation mark. Um, and that's when we had Jeff uh, come in to talk to us about VR. We got to play some VR games with him and do all that sort of stuff. And that's kind of like where I got to get involved with craft computing. So I'm super proud of that moment. Um, you know, Game Devs Quest was one of those things that like I knew nothing about when I started. And now I'm super proud of everything that we've worked towards and accomplished. So yeah, check out that charity. Check out that episode of Game Devs Quest. Heck, also check out the one where we interviewed Matt Yulman. I'm super proud that we got the freaking music composer of Diablo on there. Like, how freaking cool is that, man? And I, dude, I totally stalked him. I uh, guessed on his email address and all this sort of stuff and sent out a bunch of random emails. And he was like, yo, man, yeah, I'm going to be there. Like, just hit me up after my event. Did it. He was super chill and awesome. He's a super nice guy, super active on Twitter. Um, also, he makes the music now for Torchlight. If you guys play Torchlight, he's involved with the company that uh, develops that. He's working on their next title, too. Super chill dude, super awesome, super talented music composer, man. If you'd never played Diablo and thought, like, oof, that music suits the mood, then you weren't playing Diablo. <laughs> so, All right. Um, I'm going to make a gin old-fashioned. Oh, that sounds dirty. Um, right? Uh so to do that, I'm actually going to take a, uh, it's closer to a third, but about a half of a lime. I'm going to squeeze it into a shaker here. Jeff, I'm going to go grab some too, right? Yeah, yeah, go for it. So I'm going to take a half of a lime and just uh, juice that into a shaker. It's a very good lime. Wow. There we go. Now this right here is Big Bottom Barrel Finished Gin. And it is one of my favorite discoveries I've made in the last couple of years. Um, it is, uh, it's a Northwest gin made here in Hillsboro, Oregon, but uh, it has the, the, the spruce and the, the juniper berry kind of esters and, and, and aromas that you really expect from a good gin. But the barrel finishing, it's 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 aged in American oak, and it almost tastes like a rye whiskey. And in fact, that's kind of how I'm going to use it here. Um, so I'm going to drop uh, two ounces. Oh, no, I don't have enough. Oh, I barely have enough. It's two ounces right there. Whew. That was close. Um, I'm finishing the bottle. So apparently I need to add uh, big bottom barrel finished gin to my shopping list. Uh, we're going to do two ounces of that gin into our shaker. We're gonna do about a half an ounce of just a simple syrup. One-to-one -one sugar and water. And I'm gonna do three or four dashes of a cardamom bitters. Uh, this is uh, from the Bitter Housewife. Um, this is uh, organic sugar, grains of paradise, cinnamon, cardamom, and walnut. There we go. And I know traditionally old fashions aren't shaken, but I added lime, so we're going to shake it. Sorry, you got to smile when you're shaking a drink. Yeah, you do. 
There we go. That's how you get the tips, baby. That's right. God, can you guys see how greasy my hair is? Good lord. <laughs> until you said something. <laughs> and then I'm gonna pour it over a single giant rock, which, by the way, my ice making has gotten uh, pretty darn good since. Oh, uh, that looks great. Yeah. Love that. Drop it down. What are you doing? Yeah, it's a, it's a little frosted, but it's uh. So we're gonna strain that into our rocks glass over a single rock with a little lime wheel right there. That looks delicious. Right. And you're using Big Bottom Gin. Big Bottom Barrel Finish Gin. They they make a number of different uh, spirits, and honestly, anything that I've got from them, I have never been disappointed. Um, Excellent. I have a whiskey on the shelf right now that's their Barlow Trail Whiskey 94. It is a whiskey that's been aged in port barrels. And that is freaking delicious as well. <laughs> um, nice. They have a... Uh, uh, their Delta Rye, which is a 130 proof rye, and oh my God, that's good. <laughs> nice, that sounds delicious. But uh, anyway, hey. this is my gin old fashioned. Oh, cheers! Buddy. Cheers to you. Cheers. So anyway, I, missed, I miss this you. This is this is I. Uh, I miss you too, buddy. This is my gin old fashioned. Um, it is uh, made as much like an old fashioned as I can with just a little bit of fruit in it. Mm. It, it looks delicious. Delicious. It this is one of delicious. my favorite drinks. I know all of Sybil, you get to watch Jeff make cocktails, but you just yeah, you know you made it when he makes you a cocktail. Look at this dang bug flying around my face. You know you know you've made it when he makes you a cocktail. Yeah. Anyway, I'm drinking Jim Beam Neat. So it's warm room temperature, just like how cowboys drink it. <laughs> what do you take? Finger or whiskey? I don't think we do that here. <laughs> I think the total of his booze collection is worth more than I make in a year. <laughs> Dude, you're not right. <laughs> I think that every time. Let me add it Jeff's up like, really quick. <laughs> Jeff's like, I got this, this, and this. I'm like, Jesus. Dude, I sprung for a bottle of Jim Beam. Um, the Jim Beam. <laughs> uh, say, I do still have my bottle of Jameson 18 on the shelf. Um, I have a Bullet 95 Rye 12 year. I've got a Mixer Straight Rye. Um, yeah, I love Bullet Rye. It's so good. Yeah. Well, this is the Bullet Rye 12. I also have a handle of Bullet Rye on, under I the like, sink. Yeah. I said I like Bullet Rye, bro. Mm -hmm. I, obviously, I like the Bullet Rye 12. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Don't smell this one, Kraft. Skull. Watch yourself. Jeff only spills You may be drinks. a mod, but I'm an admin. <laughs> Got him. Um, mm. Yeah. Anyways. So good. That is so good. Um, yeah, I know. Dude, Nuke's got a great idea. When you're done social distancing, pretend to still be social distancing and pass drinks back and forth off screen. I was totally thinking, I meant to bring it up with you. I was like, dude, we should have it set up because I do that every time. I'm like, yo, pour me some of that, you know? And then you can pretend to pour it and hand it to me and I can be like, oh, thanks, bro. <laughs> it would have been cute, but you know, what do we do? What are we doing with our lives? Uh, Kildy says, uh, my fifth of Maker's Mark was $25 here in PDX. That's pretty solid for Maker's Mark. 
Nice. Yeah, dude, that's a great price for Makers. Yeah. I think I got it the other day. Like, not the other day. Last time I bought it. <laughs> it was probably like two years ago, actually. I think I got it for like twenty two fifty or something like that on sale. But uh, Makers is one of those ones that's kind of confusing because I swear I go some places and it's more expensive. Mm-hmm. And then in Oregon, it's a little bit cheaper. Or not cheaper by any means, but kind of like on par with the rest of those sort of like economy value whiskeys. Yeah. Dude, Makers was one I remember when I was coming of age, I'd drink it and I'd be like, oh my God, I will never be able to drink that neat. And I had <laughs> I had some the other day and I was like, this is so smooth. <laughs> right. It's amazing how your palate evolves. It uh, It's truly, yeah. You know, it's all that seven crown I drink neat. It just burns you all the way down. I, I still occasionally will drink some Seagram's uh, just straight. You know, Seven Crown, I talk about this every episode. Jesus, we talked about this last yeah. time I was on, but it, it's my go-to house whiskey. Yep. It's so cheap. You know, you can buy a freaking handle of that for like 20 bucks. You can mm-hmm. buy a fifth of it sometimes for like 10. Um, it's good. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, you know, I think it was my dad's whiskey, so I kind of like inherited it or whatever, but <laughs> like I drink it neat all the time. I got a handle of it out in the kitchen. It's 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 my go-to. I mean, it goes with anything. It's like, all right, you want a cheap cocktail. You want to just like dump it into a glass of Coke or Dr. Pepper, ginger ale. You know, I mean, there's a reason Seagram's also makes ginger ale because it goes with Seagram's seven crown, baby. Yep. Um, plus uh, you can't have, have, you have one of my favorite cocktails, new, seven and uh, seven without seven crown. Seven and seven. Yeah. Um, uh, have you tried the new Canada dry bold ginger ale? Uh, yeah. Dude. It's like a ginger beer. Oh God, it's, it's delicious. Super spicy. Yes. Yeah. I remember thinking I was like, what is bold, man? And yeah, it's literally just a ginger beer. It's got that super extra bite. Right. But it's not nearly as expensive as ginger beer, which I'm totally on board with. I'm totally on board with. In fact, I've started making uh, uh Moscow mules with with that instead oh, nice. of uh in, instead of going with, with ginger beer because it's it's four, five, six dollars for a four pack of ginger beer. And uh, it was four dollars for a twelve pack of of the Canada Dry uh, Ginger Bold. Yeah. And uh, and honestly, the taste difference was not that great in uh, yeah. in a cocktail. Yeah, it's uh, it's really good. I haven't used it in a cocktail yet, but I just love ginger, um, <laughs> dude. I don't like. Uh, I went to this izakaya once. Um, which is like a Japanese bar, kind of like in a Western style, mm-hmm. Western meaning like American style. Um, and they were doing like their kind of version of like American cocktails. And they had, um, they had a whiskey and ginger, but it wasn't ginger beer. It wasn't ginger ale. It was freaking ginger concentrate, dude. It was ginger concentrate. It was one of my favorite freaking cocktails, but I can't get it anywhere other than like Japanese places, Japanese places that serve that. Um, It's so infuriating to me. I don't even know like how I would get ginger concentrate or anything like that for my own, you know, home bar. Um, But dang, it was so good, man. Oh, so good. Um, and again, 
It's like every time I go to a, a place and I order a whiskey ginger, I hope that they're going to bring it to me like the Izakayas do, but they never do. <laughs> it's just like, and even then it's not even like ginger beer. It's usually just like ginger ale, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, when we went to that uh, EK party in uh, Las Vegas, you know, they got that ginger beer and they had the the freaking, um, God, was it Jameson? It must have been Jameson. Jameson, yeah. Uh, and nobody was drinking either one. I was like, whiskey and gingers all night baby here we well, go oh, i'm gonna do that right because <laughs> that's and you got the whiskey and ginger for me because that's my go-to when i go to those parties is oh uh, yeah man is, well, is either remember, scotch yeah. and ginger or whiskey and ginger i w- i kind of remember we were fighting over it a little bit and you're like i'm moving on to other stuff you can have the rest of the ginger beer yeah <laughs> damn right i can damn right i can yeah, yeah i moved on to vodka cranberries that night <laughs> mm. vodka cranberries are always an interesting one because it's like it's kind of like, you know, the cheap standby at any bar in any place in the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, they you had Grey Goose, so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do vodka. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, vodka is an interesting one. I've been doing a lot more reading on, uh, on vodka. And uh, I had, I must have had for the first time in my life a couple of weeks ago, uh, my first potato vodka. I didn't really know that that was a rarity. Uh, um, traditionally vodka was made with potatoes, but yeah. anymore it's, it's a grain spirit. Yeah. It's and, a, uh, yeah. Pure grain spirit. And I went for that potato vodka. Yep. Dude, it has its own character. That's different really from does. just straight up vodka. It's, I was it's blown a, it's a away. Thicker. It's a lot thicker. Yeah. Yeah. It's got like a, a, a fuller body to it. It's got kind of mm-hmm. a more bold flavor and all portions in the mouth. I mean, you know, you're drinking vodka through mm-hmm. and through, mm-hmm. but you know, that's kind of the thing. I know when I'm drinking vodka, Oh, you're drinking the potato spirits. Blah, blah, blah. No, you're drinking just straight up grain spirits. You know, I think there's a rule for vodka that, you know, I don't know how, God, I just read this just the other day and I forgot it, but you know, the way they make vodka is that they remove all flavor from it. <laughs> You know, vodka is supposed to be a neutral spirit. Yeah, it's supposed to be tasteless, colorless, odorless by by definition. Yeah. Um, and uh, so a truly good vodka is one that is not offensive. Yeah, that's that's, that's what makes a good vodka, which is so why popular. you can get a really good vodka for like seven or ten dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because as long as it's not offensive, it's pretty good. Honestly, you can spring for the high-end high-end vodkas, and I think you'll notice a difference. I definitely notice a difference with something like But the difference juice. is so much further down the ladder yeah. than it is for a lot of other spirits. Because oh, we God, talk yeah. about good gins and good whiskeys and good rums. Yeah. And uh and and good tequila. Yeah. And uh tequila and, and you especially, look at, yeah. There's right, like a lot and, of nuance there. Right. Well, I, there's a lot of nuance in just about every spirit except for vodka. Um where vodka yeah. <laughs> uh like I, so early on in my drinking career, I decided that I wanted to have a lot of spirits, but I didn't necessarily want to spend, you know, a thousand dollars stocking a bar. And yeah. here I am with a thousand dollar bar. Um, but what I did was I went, well, what's a good whiskey? Like, like what's a $50 bottle of whiskey? And so I bought just a random $50 bottle of whiskey and I said, okay, that tastes pretty good. Now, can I buy a cheaper bottle and can I get 99% of the flavor profile? So I bought a $35 bottle of whiskey. Then I bought a $25 bottle of whiskey, then a 20, then a 17, then a 15, then a 12. And then I went back to the 15 because the 12 was awful. 
yeah. and so that's kind of how I, I, you know, landed on like, what are my house spirits? And, uh, and it's an expensive way to do it. But at the same time, now I know that $15 bottle is freaking good to have around the house. Yeah. Whereas I'm, I'm not going out and buying, you know, $30 bottles and being disappointed anymore. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I still, I, I still experiment a lot. I still go oh, out yeah. and buy like, that's, that's an interesting label and take it home and go, Ooh, that wasn't very good. Yeah. Um, I have you like know, three gins on my shelf right now that I'm really not a fan of. <laughs> yeah. Gin is one of those that is entirely hit or miss for me. And it's one of my favorite spirits, but it's, it's um, easy to do wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like uh, what's that one? Uh, uh, like Crater Lake distilling. Is that a thing? Uh, oh, you're pointing to it. I can't see it on here. <laughs> on your screen here on zoom but oh there it is i do see it that okay one? crater lake okay all right that one and, <laughs> and i proceed to shit talk crater lake gin <laughs> because the thing is is it's not a bad gin it's not but it's i feel like it's completely overproduced does that make yeah. sense like, it's not a bad gin i don't think it's also a very good gin Exactly. I, right. I, now, here's the thing. It has its place. And right. I have found that Crater Lake Gin has its place in specific cocktails. Mm-hmm. Just like just like when I order a gin and tonic, when I'm going fancy, I specifically want a Hendrix and tonic. Right. Uh, because I've found that that's the character that I want. Um, you know, a Hendrix and tonic with cucumber as a garnish. That's the oh. character that I want. Yes. Oh, gen- genius. Yeah. Um, now, Crater Lake Gin obviously has some character that I'm okay with given a certain situation. But if I'm going to make a standard gin and tonic, it's overkill. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know what they do with it. I truly don't. I haven't looked into it or anything. But it's it's pungent. Mm-hmm. And again, that has its place. And I'm 100% okay with that. Right. Uh, God, it's pungent. Yeah. The Crater Lake Gin is one that tends to go more towards the lemon peel than it does towards the juniper. Um, and those those are pretty much the two main ways that I see gins going. Uh, aviation gin uh, is very much a lemon peel gin, mm. where it, it, it tastes and smells a lot more like lemon than it does like juniper. And wh- um, which way does Crater Lake gin go? Crater you? Lake is, is also a lemon gin. Oh, interesting. Is, is what I, I really it. like aviation gin, but mm-hmm. I'm not... Here's the thing. When I say I'm not a fan of Crater Lake Gin, I'm not saying I I dislike it because that's not the case. But I like Aviation Gin more than I like Crater Lake Gin. Why is that? That's interesting. I don't know. Um, Maybe because Aviation Gin is just a little less bold in its character. What, are you pointing to Aviation Gin somewhere? Uh, Well, no, that one's over there. Oh. What are you? What are you? What are you uh, uh. Uh, Skull says also pay no attention to the dual GPU PCB on the shelf above Jeff's oh, head. Yeah. What? Pay no mind, peasants. I I don't know what you're talking about, Skull. Maybe it is a 7150X2. You don't know. Huh. It's Skull not a 690. Knows. It's an AMD card. You know, what's interesting, uh, because I, th- I kind of feel like 
not to keep bringing around to booze, but whatever. We're kind of this deep into this. We're, we're on. We're on booze. I, I don't think there's bringing it back out of booze. Um, like the gin and tonic is kind of like my classic staple cocktail, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting is when you look at the history of tonic, have you ever looked at this man? Like what tonic used to be and with the British sort of occupation of India and all this sort of stuff. And it was this like super disgusting, bitter, like medicinal tincture. And in order to make it palatable, they like put a shit ton of sugar into it. Cause I was like, why does my tonic have 32 grams of sugar in it when I'm trying to make a gin and tonic, you know, why does it need that much? Apparently that's a holdover from the old days, which is just mind blowing. Mm -hmm. And apparently there are some tonics that you can buy that are, um, that are in the old fashion. You can sort of buy them as the replacement for the way that they were in the 18th uh, in 19th century, um, which I'd be willing to try. I haven't looked into that too closely, but like, wouldn't that be fun to kind of see what it tasted like back in the day? Um, because also that's part of the reason they added, you know, gin to it was to make it more, you know, they add sugar to it, but then they add gin to it to make it more palatable as well. Right. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm always curious about, um, and and I tend to be more of a prohibition era cocktail, you know, twenties yeah. through fifties kind of yeah. thing than I am like a modern cocktail fan. Um, although there is definitely a spot for modern cocktails in my heart. Oh, don't, for sure. Don't get me wrong, but uh, but to me, you know the um, you know when when you started doing the the whiskey cocktail in the eighteen sixties. And, and that became, you know, the improved whiskey cocktail. And then finally the old fashioned, and then finally the, the, the mad men old fashioned, you know, of the, of the 1940s and fifties and sixties. Um, I love that evolution. And, uh, uh, my old fashioned is placed squarely in the twenties. That's the, the old fashioned that I like. It's when they started calling it the old fashioned. Yeah. It was hold the fruit, hold the seltzer. I want whiskey, bitters, and sugar. Yeah. And then, and then a fruit garnish of some kind, and it's a garnish, not a muddle, not a, not yeah. a mix, not a spritz, not a slurry. It's By the a way, garnish. Jeff right. has the correct interpretation of the old fashioned. I've never drank an old fashioned and enjoyed it without Jeff being like giving it the old seal of approval. Right. <laughs> I mean, every other old fashioned I've had, it's just like whiskey and syrup. Right. Whiskey and syrup or or maybe like seltzer and whiskey if you go to certain bars cuz yeah. dear god I've had some bad old fashions. Yeah. Um well it's but, not a uh, thing that you can go to a traditional tavern and order really. Right. Um you know. It's one of the things like I changed my perception of my grandfather in a way when he was like, yeah, my go-to drinks an old fashioned and I remember mm-hmm. I remember you know my uncle trying to make, make him one and he's like that's you're doing it wrong. And I was just like, oh, dang. Just, like, he knows what he actually likes. He's not just right. saying it, you know? I don't know yeah. I don't know why that sticks with me, but it, that was my yeah. grandfather's 85th birthday. You know, he's just like, no, yeah. that's not an old-fashioned. That's like, terrible. Dang. <laughs> Would you stop? But, yeah, uh, yeah it's it, it's interesting how that works. I wonder, what is the first cocktail ever? You know, obviously the Romans drank wine. Obviously beer brewing is something that's 10,000 years old. 
Well, mm-hmm. the the whiskey cocktail is is often seen as being one of the original cocktails, the original but mix what of spirits. Specifically, was it? You know, what uh, were they mixing? Uh, How to Drink. Greg over at How to Drink did an amazing tour through history of the old fashioned. You would um, know this. I would. You would. <laughs> I would. Um, where it was more akin to like an absinthe cocktail. Like like the absinthe cocktail we know today, which you probably don't know what the absinthe cocktail is today, but it was, uh, yeah, 1860s old fashioned. Was it only, okay. Ooh. Yeah, so, so it was just called a cocktail. I would like a cocktail. Interesting. Um, so that's where the name cocktail comes from. Is and the cocktail like you think they're saying like, "Yo, I want a cocktail," and they're like legitimately thinking of like a rooster's tail. Uh, kinda, <laughs> but no. Um, so I, I, so I googled. Go ahead. You tell your story first. I'll, I'll catch kay. up with you. So the original. Old fashioned. So the original whiskey yes. cocktail yes. was a raw sugar cube, uh, a splash of water, uh, three dashes of Abbott's bitters or a bitters of some kind, which was usually like cinnamon and licorice and a, and a couple other like really, really intense flavors. Ooh, licorice um, is intense. Right. Uh, three ounces of a rye whiskey and an orange twist. That's that's an old fashioned. Okay. Uh, or a, a, a whiskey cocktail or just a cocktail. Um, and notice there's no ice in that. It was served warm because ice, the ice trade hadn't started yet. This is 1860. And so it was served at room temperature and it was mixed at room temperature. And the reason you used a raw sugar cube was because raw sugar will dissolve in water. So right. you use the splash of water and the bitters to dissolve the sugar into the whiskey. Um, so whenever someone says, whoa, 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 it's an old fashioned, you need to use a sugar cube. Not if you're using ice because sugar won't dissolve in cold water or cold whiskey. And so simple syrup is actually far more accurate of a drink uh, in that case. Right. Um but anyway, it was actually, um, it was vastly different of a cocktail than what we know today. Um, I know it sounds kind of familiar, but the bitters were very different. Um, the the sugar cube with a splash of water and whiskey was very different. It was served warm instead of cold. Pretty much all of our cocktails anymore are served cold. Um, and, uh, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah. So this is interesting. I simply Googled earliest cocktail in history. Mm -hmm. Google returned the Sazerac with the, now before you, before you interject, it says, according to legend, the world's first cocktail was invented by apothecary owner, Antoine Pechad. I don't know if I'm saying that right. In New Orleans, he decided to name the cocktail after the drink's main ingredient. Sazerac French brandy. Right. I I picked it up. The ingredients are very thorough. Mm-hmm. Um, one to two sugar cubes, two dashes of orange bitters, two dashes of aromatic bitters, 
59 milliliters of whiskey, one to two ice cubes, seven milliliters absinthe, lemon zest to garnish two rocks glasses. Apparently, does it say, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I'm not going to read on. But so the Sazerac is considered by mykitchen.co.za <laughs> to be the world's oldest cocktail. The first Google research, uh, excuse me, this the first Google result to be returned. Uh-huh. But the next, uh, the next entry is for the old fashioned. And I right. found a link. And, and see, the old fashioned, like I said, was the original cocktail. cocktail. And so if you're looking for the origin of the word cocktail, uh, oh, it's the old fashioned. I see what you're saying. I see what um, you're saying. But, in, but I was asking about the origin. What's of... the oldest actual cocktail? Yeah. Uh, when the Sazerac was invented and when the, the cocktail came into swing Very was kind of neck and neck. Yeah. And so who came up with it first? I don't know. It was popularized literally about the same time. So I found a list on vocal.media. I don't know what the heck this website is, but it looks legit. Uh, um, it's a, it's titled 10 oldest cocktails in history. Um, and it lists 10 of the oldest cocktails in history and all of them are cocktails I would like to drink and all of them are cocktails I feel like we could make a video about someday. We got yep. the old fashioned number one. Okay. Um, so, so how's this? Um, a short, sweet history of the old fashioned. Okay. 18, 1862, a book entitled Jerry Thomas's bartender's guide, how to mix drinks. So, in 1862, there was already a book published on how to mix drinks. And Jerry Thomas right. is the godfather of cocktails. All right. Um, giving instructions and recipes from the early days of bartending, this book contains a recipe for an old-fashioned Holland gin cocktail, <laughs> is what it's called. Gotcha. Crush, crush a lump of sugar in a whiskey glass containing a little water, add a lump of ice, two dashes of Angostura bitters, a small piece of lemon peel, one jigger of Holland gin, mix with a small bar spoon, and serve. That sounds great. Sounds great. <laughs> Doesn't it, though? Maybe that's going to be my nightcap. Right? So according to according to Vocal Media, by the way, this is, this is really interesting to me. The word cocktail originated in the 17th century, which means mm-hmm. the 1600s. Mm-hmm. 1600s. Jesus, can't speak. Uh, but it didn't gain popularity until the middle of the 1800s. Right. Popularity, thanks in large part to Jerry Thomas, who you just mentioned. Yep. Right. Who published The Bartender's Guide in 1862. Um, hang on one second. But yeah. Um... Hey, uh, I got something to take care of you. Good to hold it down for a second? Yeah. Yeah. All right. BRB. Anyway, All right. Jerry Thomas. Woo! Yes. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, Jerry Thomas is kind of the godfather of even the modern cocktail, but really the cocktail revolution and why it became popular was, uh, uh, like I said, the 1860s, uh, ice wasn't a common commodity yet. The ice trade hadn't been invented. Um, but uh, if you're looking for a good modern book on cocktails, I'm going to grab this book out of my bar real quick. Give me 10 seconds. Ugh. If you want to get started on home bartendering. Um, this is the book that I recommend and I'll, I'll put a, uh, an Amazon link down in the description. This is the 12 bottle bar. 
and uh, it's a book that I absolutely love. And it's a book in which the concept I discovered completely by accident and completely through experimentation. Um, the 12 bottle bar is how can I make like 99% of drinks on the planet with 12 bottles in my bar? Um, and it's precisely the concept that I was working on when I was experimenting at an earlier age of let's buy a $50 whiskey and then a $35 whiskey and then a $25 whiskey, then a $20 whiskey. It's figuring out what whiskey do I want to have in my bar? And then what gin do I want to have in my bar? And then what rum, what white rum, what dark rum, uh, what this, what that, what vermouth, what, you know, you go down the list and, and I, I have upstairs a stand that holds 12 bottles. And in that 12 bottle stand, I have the following. I have a Seagram seven. I have a Gordon's London dry, uh, gin. Um, I have a bottle of, uh, sweet vermouth. Uh, I have a bottle of dry vermouth. I have a white rum, a dark rum, and Malibu because it's my wife's favorite. Uh, you can probably skip that third, but it's basically a spiced rum, a white rum, and a black strap is kind of the, the three that you should have. Um, I have a vodka. I have... What else do I have? Um, I have a brandy. I have... Basically, you go down the list and I don't have a tequila. And that's because tequila is only useful for a margarita. And if you want a margarita, go buy a te go buy tequila. Uh, beyond that, you can make almost everything else with with just twelve bottles. And uh, so, if you want to learn how to bartend at home, this book is absolutely invaluable. It's it's freaking awesome. Um, it'll teach you what tools you need. It'll teach you what. Uh, um, you know, the right techniques, styles of cocktails, things you might like. Hey, if you like this style of cocktail, maybe you'll enjoy this style of cocktail. Um, but uh, it's a great book. It really is a great book. Um, yeah. Uh, tasting notes on this because I, I did come up with this drink on my own. I'm, I'm going to take credit for this drink. I don't know if this drink has been done before, but this is the way I make a gin old-fashioned. Um an old-fashioned anymore can mean a lot of different things. Um, I mean, we, we talked about the history of the old-fashioned. There's 20 different versions of a whiskey old-fashioned. Um, but the, the definition that I like of an old-fashioned is it is one of the purest forms of a single spirit drink um, where it's a little bit of sugar. It's the spirit itself. It's some kind of bitters if you need it. And it's maybe a fruit accent. And when I say accent, I mean the the fruit is not necessarily added to the drink. In this case, I did do a, uh, uh, a squeeze of about a third of a lime into the drink. You could even do like a, a quarter or an eighth wedge of a lime into the drink. And then I garnished it with a lime wedge. Um, but uh, I, I, I love this drink. Um, and I, I make a rum old fashioned. I've made a... Um, I've made a brandy old-fashioned, I've made a scotch old-fashioned, and obviously my whiskey old-fashioned. Um, have I ever been to Huber's in PDX for a Spanish coffee? I have not, but it is on my list of things to do. Um, I don't get up to Portland all that often, especially early morning. Usually I'm there in the afternoons. Um, but uh, but no, I, I am very well aware of Huber's. So. But that is a very good drink.
Um, that place gets you happy very fast, but it is so, so good. Yeah, no, I, I, I am well aware of what Huber's is. Um, and uh, and yeah, they are uh, very, uh, very much in my heart and, and a place that I would like to visit at some point. Um, uh, one of my favorite local places is the Archive. It's uh, the Archive Coffee Bar in downtown Salem. And uh, they are a coffee bar during the day and a bar bar at night. And oh man, they are all about the craft cocktail. Um, and, uh, and if you can catch them on the right night, they also have a downstairs room, which if you walk in and they say, do you want to, do you want to dine upstairs or do you want to go to the speakeasy? You go to the speakeasy because the speakeasy is where they make their craft craft cocktails, where they have a specialist bartender, um, and a special menu. And that is where you get the creme de la creme of, of cocktails. Um, I, I uh, was fortunate enough to be able to take Rhett down there once, and uh, we got a uh, smoked old-fashioned. And uh, they actually smoked uh, raw hickory down there and infused it into the drink, and oh my god, that was one of the best old-fashions I've ever had. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I like to go. Uh, protests got the views down this week. Yeah, yeah we peaked at what, 90, 92, 93, something like that. Yeah, the views are down a little bit this week. Um, probably my title didn't help things. Probably the fact that I've mentioned COVID and protests and Black Tuesday probably didn't help things all that much. All right, he's back. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's Family okay. emergency, you know. Not a problem. Young children and all that. Yep. <sighs> so where were we? Uh, I was introducing them to uh, a book that I stumbled upon completely by accident uh, and stumbled onto the concept completely without reading the book, which is the oh. 12 bottle bar. Oh yeah. I remember uh, you, me and John talking about this quite a bit. Yep. Uh, the perfect 12 bottle bar. Yes. Um, the reason I like this book so much is it lists 12 bottles and one of them is not tequila. And it specifically excludes tequila from the 12 bottle list because it says tequila is only good for a daiquiri and a margarita. So if you want a daiquiri or a margarita, get a 13th bottle. It's but beyond also that, good, skip it. It's also good for adding Tabasco. <laughs> right. But, which is uh, one of my favorite little drinks. Tabasco and tequila. So good. <laughs> My yeah. mouth is water. What? Have you ever yeah. tried it? It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. I've I've done tequila. I've done tequila. I've I I don't like tequila. It's not it's not on my list of things that I like. What? It's you don't not. like Patron? I don't like Patron. <sighs> okay. That's fine. <laughs> All right, anyway. Oh, dang it, my video controls on my phone. <laughs> 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 uh got me anyway this time. uh let's see do we have any closing thoughts it is 10 20 i was gonna say uh as uh, after the old-fashioned and the sazerac that the pisco sour pisco sour was rated number three manhattan number four man yep. number five yep. gin fizz sidecar yep. i was gin gonna say Ricky. ramos gin fizz has got to be in there gin ricky's got to be in there yep aviation aviation yep that's earlier than i would have thought for an aviation and blue blazer those are the top 10 that's oldest a surprising one on the history. list 
I'm just like aviation. I'm going. That's a little early. Blue blazer. I'm going. Really in your top ten? Oldest. Like I. Uh, yeah. Maybe. I'm just surprised that they're not saying that like the Romans had their own cocktail. Like they drink so much red wine, like they did. They didn't. They drink like, a lot of wine. wine they didn't necessarily drink or distill spirits. Uh, yeah. Okay, because and... I guess I guess the definition of cocktail is that it has to have three ingredients and one is a spirit, right? Like, right. That's kind of like the go-to. Right. So what the hell is the ingredients in gin and tonic? You got gin and tonic. Right. Um. Honestly, the two ingredient drinks are kind of on the the fringe there. Like you have your rum and coke. Uh, which is like, yeah, I know uh, that cocktail, but you've also got a gotcha. Cuba Libre, which is a rum, Coke, and lime. So that's probably what a gin and tonic is. Then it includes the garnish. Yeah, it includes your garnish as well. Gotcha. So, you know, one of my favorite drinks: red wine, Coca Cola, baby. Don't knock it till you try it. It's pretty okay. Get yourself some of that two buck chuck. Mm. Save some money. Mm. Oh, get out of here. You're knocking it. Uh, I'm considering knocking it. Uh, see, I, I've done everything with red wine. You buy it, you, you and then, you know, you, you get the cheap red wine, then you mull it with some good mm-hmm. uh, Christmas uh, winter spices, nutmeg and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Oh, my God. Mold wine is so good. But then I in do the agree summer, there. Oh, God, it's so good. Then in the summer, though, you can't mull wine and drink warm wine. That's just barbaric. So you just mix it with a little Coca-Cola, you know? Yep. Uh, Civil says whiskey and ginger ale. That's one of my favorites. Oh, uh, and and yeah, that's uh, sure. if, if I'm going to a party in Vegas, that's usually actually the drink that I that I get uh, at CES is, is give me a, a whiskey and ginger or a scotch and ginger. Scotch and ginger is freaking good. That's and, my and, that's and, my go. And don't at me with the oh, don't ruin scotch like that. You should drink it straight. Drink okay. however you want to drink. And uh, scotch and ginger is delicious. Nobody's ruining an eighteen-year-old scotch that way, right? Or are we? <laughs> I I may have had a a Johnny Walker Blue in in a uh, in an old fashioned or not an old fashioned but a uh, uh, Godfather. That's point. fine because how old is the Johnny Walker Blue? It can't be that old, right? It's a three hundred dollar bottle. Yeah, that didn't mean anything. Right. You're paying for the name, right? Uh, let me Google this. I don't believe blue has an age statement. It's simply a blended yeah. whiskey, but the blends go upwards of 24 years. Yeah. So I see blue label is not stated. Right. Uh, green label is 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, platinum label is 18 years. Yeah. Gold label could be 18 years. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's... It says, on Wikipedia, take this as you will, Johnny Walker's premium blend. Blue Label is blended to recreate the character and taste of some of the earliest whiskey blends of the 19th century. Mm -hmm. It bears no age statement because bottles are numbered serially and sold in a silk-lined box accompanied by a certificate of authenticity. 
It is one of the most expensive blended Scotch whiskeys on the market. Prices ranging from 174 to 450. Over 25 limited editions have been released. Um, yeah, I've had some Blue Label and it's delicious, but yeah, I was going to say like it never tasted particularly like aged, you know? Yeah. I'm not a connoisseur by any means. Like, don't let my palate fool you, but it's very good. Yeah. Um, I have had some much better whiskey at a much cheaper price point. I'll put it that way. Yeah. I I would say that's probably true as well. I mean, like, it's really good. It's really, really good. And it really depends on your palate, you know? Right. Um, I Um, really, I prefer like smokier tasting. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You prefer more of an Isla whiskey versus Island whiskey. Yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, there is personal preference to be considered, but, mm-hmm. but when you go to Las Taste Vegas and they're subjective. handing out, yeah, so. that's, yeah, we, who are we to argue? But when they're handing out free scotch, you, you generally take the blue label. Yep. So, you know, yep. that's that. That's that. And I think that's going to be episode 135. 135, y'all. Here on Talking Heads. It's a historic week, the 135th week of Talking Heads from Craft Computing. Not concurrent, but we've we've taken an, the odd break. But yeah, how many breaks have you taken? Like, like two? two? I was gonna say, yeah, like not uh, more than we, two. We didn't do a Christmas show one year. Um, I think two years ago we didn't do a Christmas show, and I think I've taken off for the Fourth of July once. Um, I want to say, yeah. Um, I but that. beyond that, we've been pretty solid. The 137th week of Talking Heads from Craft Computing, episode 135. <laughs> well, technically, remember, episode one had like a three-month gap between episode two. Oh, you're killing me. You're killing and, me. and you're frozen again. God, you were good for so long. I know. What am I doing here? Um whatever i'll fix it all i gotta do is press this stop video button and then repress it on my call um one of these days oh my video is completely stopped now what the hell's happening <laughs> he's just ret god <laughs> yeah no red is awesome this time just ret just ret um i swear to all that is holy although i have a feeling like who's gonna cover next week because john's gonna be unavailable um i haven't decided yet um, um so I, I haven't I asked either of you. <laughs> I was I was I was considering reaching out to someone someone Ooh. else and seeing if they wanted to cover. Yeah, do that. Uh, That's because I hadn't because I I wanted to try that first and then I'll then I'll bounce back to one of you guys. You're all good. I'm sorry I spoiled the surprise. No, it's okay. That's okay. Because <laughs> I was gonna say like oh maybe I'll try and have my camera fixed by next time, but if it's next week, that ain't happening. Um, <laughs> yeah, kind of a bummer about that, but. No, this has been a great episode. We uh, truly, we thank you all for sticking with us. And we truly, we thank you all for checking out those, uh, some of those links that we posted down on the show notes below. Yep. And please check out thin- all the links, especially the first one. Please go yes. check out the first one. Yes. I will personally thank each and every one of you uh, for doing that. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, times are changing. You know, my dad was saying the other day, he goes, he goes, man, I was living in San Francisco during civil rights and this is just the same thing this is 1968 all over again yeah um and that's cool to think man because like i read that in the history books i'm like what a cool thing um so you know regardless wherever you stand on it like history is being written day by day right now 
your children are going to read about it when they're in high school. And that's, that's exciting and interesting and doesn't matter where you land on the spectrum. So wherever you are, stay safe on that. And, uh, you know, uh, keep, keep yourself safe, keep yourself healthy. There is still a pandemic going on regardless right. of, of, regardless of anything else. So right. it didn't just go or, away. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, <laughs> notice I wish, we're still I, remote. I wish it did go away. You know, that's the other interesting thing. I was kind of messaging Jeff about this. Not to, we're trying to sign off here, so I apologize for this. But, it's okay. But, uh, but I was telling Jeff, I was like, you know, it's interesting that we're doing remote because even if we weren't, we might have had to this week yeah. because there's a curfew in our town. <laughs> You're right. There's a curfew in Salem right now. And, and uh, I mean, you could go the back way, but maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess that's. It's true. I guess if I would have went out the back way, I could have got to Independence and not. Yeah, you, yeah, you can go no out around Independence. the other bridge, right? Jesus, though, that would have taken like thirty minutes or more. Oh, it's, it's a thirty-five minute drive. That would it's, have been the same drive to your old place, <laughs> right? Yeah, I love your new place because it takes me like if there's no traffic, it's like 12, 15 minutes. Max. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Um, but anyway, regardless of wherever you, uh, we hope you all staying healthy. We hope you staying safe. We hope that y'all are happy and and on all that, well fed, well well furnished, and drink or merriment or entertainment. Ah. I mean, for God's sake, Avatar: The Last Airbender is on Netflix. What more can you ask for? So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's been a blast being back on the show. Can't wait for the next time. Um, check out those links and hey. Check out the uh, the Patreon. Check out the done, Patreon. So. Jeff's videos uh, have been on point. Thank you. If you want to keep the party going uh, and kind of chat with us all week long, join the Patreon. Link down in the video description below. Uh, minimum donation of $1 a month gets you access to the exclusive Discord server. When I say exclusive, I mean there's not a bunch of riffraff on there. I mean it is every single person has paid at least a dollar to get access to the Discord server. And by extension, people want to be there. And and it yeah. is very much an active Discord server, uh, the most active one I've ever been a part of, and I'm not just saying that. Yeah. And uh, that community is astoundingly good. Um, yeah. So if you if you want to be a part of something really really cool, and you want the bonus perk of having you know immediate access to myself, Rhett, John, Steve, uh, jump on there. You know, and it really does, I mean, literally help keep the lights on around here. Um, so uh, give it a look. Yeah. Consider joining. Uh, you won't be sorry. And on that note, yeah, this has been episode 135 of Talking Heads. Thank you all so much for watching. As always, we will see you every Wednesday night here at 8 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news. We'll see you next week. Where'd my mouse go? There it is. <laughs>